Full credit to the boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, AFL bans horizontal bush dancing. We review NRL Round 10, 2005, and Rocket Rod Silver swings by. Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit to the Boys, live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. You can find us on Twitter, at FCTTB underscore podcast, Instagram, uh, FCTTB podcast, or one word. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at former underscore legend or search the hashtag massive social influencer. You can find the bloke to my right on Twitter at Sid Punts or one word. He's a man who this week was attempted to be poached from IGA by rival Coles. He's a man who has attempted to buy Virgin Australia offering $84 to Richard Branson to walk away. And tonight he's wearing Crocs with socks. Welcome, Sid. Yes, thank you, former. Hello, Australia. Hello, world. Uh, it's true. They often try to poach me from IGA, but it's mostly from IGA Mortdale or <laughs> IGA Riverwood or IGA Penshurst or IGA Lugano. We are ho- heavily overrepresented in this area by IGAs. <laughs> Would there be more IGA per square kilometre here than in anywhere else in Australia? There absolutely has to be, but it's no surprise that this region not only is so oversupplied by IGAs, they also have the best safety record of all IGAs in New South Wales, thanks to me. I nearly switched one year to IGA Penshurst, but uh, I was getting mobbed in Penshurst Street, Penshurst, because of my playing days at Penshurst RSL. <laughs> well, uh, I was going to say, how's your week been? Mate, it's been pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. Lockdown? Uh, it doesn't really bother me. You're ignoring it? I don't care. Um, my week's been good too, but I'll tell you someone who's had one hell of a week. Who's that? I mean, only two sleeps all week. That's fair enough, but uh, have a <laughs> listen to this. Go and have a curry for the country. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to tell the Prime Minister that one. A curry for the country. I love it. I love Indian food. It's my favourite food. I promise you I will do that. <laughs> yeah, two sleeps till Christmas. Uh, that's Gee, Mika- Someone sounds wired. Michaelia Cash. She's, the, uh, of course, the Senator and uh, the Minister for, wait for it, employment, skills, small and family businesses and hairspray. And I tell and you take what, away curries. Wow. Wow. I mean... Have you ever heard anyone enjoying life like that, Sid? <laughs> she's, she's amazing. <laughs> when, uh, when all these restrictions uh, stop, I want to go out for a curry with Michaela. I reckon that'd be fun. Uh, curry. <laughs> and just a uh, side note, would you? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> She'd give you a good time. This is Brian Henderson. I'm Alan Jones. I'm Vivian Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow. Yes, the biggest story this week comes from the Byron Bay Bugle, Sid, and it's a sign of the times, unfortunately. Yeah. A landlord asked to spend night with tenant after she lost her job and couldn't afford rent. Uh, Which way are we leaning on this? (laughs) Is this okay? Is this no good? (laughs) Well, let me me hear the article. Okay. When Gail Savage's landlord... uh, 
asked her if she'd be willing to stay all night with him, she assumed he just texted the wrong number. I was like, he probably meant that to be so, to someone else. Maybe his girlfriend. Did you just uh, say texted? Texted. Text, texter. 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 Uh, How many texters did he send? A single, well, get, it'll tell you in a minute. Okay. A single mum to two-year-old Salem. Jury's out there, to be honest. Uh-huh. <laughs> Salem Savage. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Salem. Savage lost her job uh, working as a bartender in a popular Indianapolis cocktail bar and her gigs working as a burlesque performer when the state shutdown occurred on March uh, 16. She'd let her landlord know and they'd been texting about how she was waiting for the federal stimulus check to arrive to uh, pay her April rent when he suddenly inquired if she could get a ride and stay all night with him. So she was texting him about te- texturing, texturing Tex- him uh, about uh, the rent, and uh, okay. she she said, oh, "I don't know if you meant to send that to me." He wrote, "I did." <laughs> <laughs> Three times she wrote back. She didn't understand. He said, "She said, are you asking me in a sexual way?" And she, he said, "Yes." Good on him. Uh, the, really interesting. Uh, the second I figured out it was happening, it was the craziest thing I walked out the door, said Savage. I was like, I don't know where I'm going, but I can't stay here. I was scared. That's a bit harsh. He's only asking. You well, don't ask. You well, don't know. Well, the Byron Bay Bugle said yeah. they contacted Ms. Savage's landlord, a bloke by the name of Sid Punts, who was <laughs> quite open about his requests. He said, this is why I don't let ugly people rent my houses. <laughs> the sweating mess told them. Uh, <laughs> I just had a curry with Michaelia. <laughs> Cash, grass, or ass, I always get paid. Sure, I might get sex twice a week, but so do they. Um, the National Fair Housing Alliance surveyed its 80 fair Boo. housing. Yeah. Oh. I don't know how many times I've gone before that board. Get your nose out of it, National Fair Housing Alliance. None of your Alliance. business. <laughs> the NFHA, not for whatever. Um found 13% were seeing an uptick in sexual harassment complaints. In New York, a 29-year-old marketing employee said her landlord propositioned her at her apartment on Sunday, offering to barter a sexual arrangement to lower her rent. Everyone's a winner. Uh, The woman, who asked to remain anonymous as she intends to remain in the home, interesting, has lived in the three-bedroom apartment of a house in Astoria in Queens for about eight years. But when her roommates who sublet from her began suggesting they may move out, she decided to speak with her long-term landlord about using the $2,000 deposit paid when she first moved in to help offset the summer's rent. Mm -hmm. He was clearly referring to sexual favours, she told BuzzFeed. Uh, The woman replied that she was not comfortable with the idea and she would just drop off the full rent check as normal in the mailbox. He replied, how do I drop something off in your mailbox? (laughs) P.O. Box 4166, (laughs) Oatley West. She estimates her landlord... Uh, by the name of that Sid Punts, is at least 30 years older than her. That'd be about right. Jeez, I didn't um, realise she was that young. Last year, his wife died. Well, that's what's the story he's running with. Uh, she attended the wake. She must be rolling in her grave because she was so sweet. What the hell's going on? Before he left her home on Sunday, she t- said the landlord kept telling her to think about his request for a favour. I was freaked out, she said. I put weights in front of my door to make sure he doesn't come back. Now, I don't know if this is a massive coincidence, Sid. Yeah. Yesterday in the paper, there was a story about a house for rent that overlooks the harbour in Sydney. Uh-huh. And I uh, made some polite inquiries. And it seems uh, after I sent a selfie to the real estate agent, he told me that selling my ass to live there was actually impossible. <laughs> he, once again, uh, ugly old white blokes are being discriminated against. Oh, uh, what, what would we do for a glass oh, ceiling? I'd, I'd shit on it, obviously. Everyone, <laughs> everyone hates us. Look, this bike, 
He's not cheating on his wife. She's brown bread. He's only asking. It's not like he's demanding. Or in a position of power like her teacher, for example. It's not like he's got a video of her um, karate kicking someone in the street and asking yeah. 20 grand to release it. It's not like he's a teacher and he's written a love letter to one of his students at King's College or something. Google that. But he's <laughs> she's right to review, refuse his advances. If she's not keen, that's fine. Just open up her OnlyFans page. <laughs> Get some more cash That's to right. pay the rent. That's same right. same result. Always options. Just less intrusive. Uh, speaking of, I'm thinking of starting up my own OnlyFans page former. Are you? Yeah. At the moment, because of this stupid government, we can't do any live shows. So I've got gambling debts to pay. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. There's surely a market for it, don't you think? I think OnlyFans would uh, say that they'd have you if you only pantsed every week. <laughs> F-C-T-T-T-B Sounds like too many T's to me F-C-T-T-T-B Yeah, that's definitely too many T's Our next story, um, I can't relate to it, but it comes from the Wellington Independent and it's mm-hmm. uh, Meet the Men Who Claim to Have the Biggest Penises in the World. Jeez, I'm appearing in every story this week. <laughs> and how they cope. Uh, does size matter? Well, for men, yes, it certainly does. For men. Oh, for these men. Right, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I was going to say, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, they claim to have the biggest penis in the world, with one man boasting his manhood reaches over 18 inches long. Whoa. <laughs> well, uh, Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> well, some may see it as blessed. Uh, they've actually come unstuck thanks to their genitals. One man says his lengthy penis has stopped him pursuing an acting career in Hollywood uh, as directors think it will become a distraction. Um, another says he has been left unable to work and should be registered disabled as he can't... Uh, <laughs> he can't. <laughs> Look, to be honest, if you've got to pick a disability, <laughs> this one would be it, eh? <laughs> you get a massive schlong and the best parking at Westfield. <laughs> And you know, I'm signing up for this disability. You know those wheelchairs that have the long bit out so you can stick your leg yeah, up? Yeah, just have a free schlong just yep. right in the middle. Um, another says he's left unable, should be registered disabled, he can't move freely or fit into uniforms. You can't fit into uniforms either, but it's a top. Different reason. One man was accused of shoplifting when a store assistant accused him of smuggling goods in his trousers. Uh, actor, that's right, actor, Jonah Falcon, said his 13.5-inch penis has hampered his career as film directors are sometimes put off by his manhood fame. But it hasn't stopped him betting A-listers, said. Ooh. Speaking about his famous conquest in the bedroom, Jonah said, yes, I've slept with celebrities, including Oscar nominees and Oscar winners. But I can't talk about it. It doesn't oh, stop you so far. One of those far. bikes, yeah. Those yeah bikes. I, I tell you what I've heard. I can't tell you. Uh, Jonah, who is openly bisexual, uh, any port in the storm, said he couldn't reveal whether the celebrities were men or women, but did confirm it wasn't Meryl Streep. <laughs> Interesting choice. Who was it? Who was it? Was it Tom Cruise? Well, was who, it John Travolta? Who else couldn't it have been, Sid? Because was it Gwyneth Paltrow? I'm thinking it probably wasn't Dame Judi Dench. <laughs> I'm hoping it wasn't that kid from Sixth Sense. That'd be weird. <laughs> or Anna Paquin from Piano. I'm happy to bet it wouldn't have been Clint Eastwood. And I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been 
Heath Ledger. Uh, it's handicapped my acting because they won't hire me, he says. It sucks. It relegates me into doing smaller parts. That's right, smaller Ironic. parts. Uh, maybe in the UK or Germany. Oh, definitely in Germany. <laughs> it might help my acting career, but here in Hollywood, it's a negative. He added, while I'm fully erect, right, oh, uh, very emotional language, I'm 13 and a half inches with a seven and a half to eight inch diameter. It's thicker than my wrist. He should actually just fly over to the UK, Europe, Germany. Do they class as a carry-on? It'd, it'd, ex- it'd be expensive yeah. for him to fly over there. I see um, why he's not doing it. I wouldn't it. fly virgin with that thing. Um, when it comes to measuring up, Jonah claims we have nine inches when flaccid. I love the word flaccid. Compared to the average man who was around five to six inches when erect. Now, another guy, Roberto Esquivel Cabrera, and we've covered this bloke off before, yeah. says the sheer size of his 18.9-inch manhood prevents him from working and has pleaded to be registered as disabled. <laughs> he claims that firstly he's unable to kneel down. i tell you what, a couple of women wouldn't want to kneel down in front of that thing either. And secondly, can't wear a uniform because of its massive size. But what is this he... all about the uniforms? They're obsessed with not being <laughs> able to wear uniforms. But while he got uh, funding as a result of his disability, the money is not enough and he has in the past relied on food banks. Roberto made headlines in 2015 after a video went viral, that's right, viral, showing him weighing his member to prove its authenticity. He said, I cannot run fast, so the companies think badly of me. Didn't stop Shervo. What, what jobs are you applying for? He's got to run fast. Shervo could still run fast. They say they will call me, but they never do. He previously told how women were too scared to have sex with him. He said, look... Where it is, it goes far below my knees. Wow. He added, I'm famous but because I have the biggest penis in the world. I'm happy with my penis. I know nobody has the size I have. I would like to be in the Guinness Book of Records, but don't rec- they don't recognise this record. You've got to feel a bit sorry for this bloke, Sid. You can't get a job because you're a 48 centimetre bed sword. I mean, <laughs> surely there's a job out there for a bloke like that. I mean... We've all seen the Pam and Tommy sex video, and Tommy was steering a boat with his knob. Yeah, that's true. This bloke could him drive the Ruby Princess with that weapon. <laughs> <laughs> and when he's not driving the boat, he could lay up on the on the um, deck and passengers could throw old car tyres over his massive <laughs> rod in a novelty game of coits. What other job could a big dick not bastard... Not the worst thing that happens on cruise ships. <laughs> what other... What other, that'd be the Coxswain uh, deck. <laughs> uh, what other job could the big dick bastard do? See, I mean... If Hey Hey at Saturday comes back, he could probably bang the gong on red faces. Or yes. maybe Aldi could use him to tenderise those leather boots they call steaks in their mixer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that first bloke that weighed his schlong to prove it was the biggest and the Guinness Book of Records didn't recognise it, he's mm. ripped off, dead set. They should recognise his gigantic bed flute as a record. I went down a rabbit hole format, as I do as a serious journalist for this program. That's what he'd done too, went down a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> Greased. Didn't even touch the sides. Greased. Here are some stupid records that Guinness do recognise for the longest things. The longest fingernails on a woman, 28 feet long, her fingernails, or eight and a half metres for those of you using the metric system. Oh, scratchy old uh, Roger yeah. in the middle of the night. Longest moustache, four metres. He's an Indian man, man boob sing. <laughs> the longest kiss. How long do you reckon the longest kiss went for, former? We give it a good nudge today, but I don't know, a couple of days? 20, uh, 59 hours. 59 hours. Wait, you don't take a dump in that time? And that's, it's always awkward with your sister too. <laughs> I don't find it awkward with your sister. <laughs> the longest metal coil passed through your nose and out through your mouth. Yeah, there's a record for that. 11 feet, three and a half metres. Someone's in the Guinness Book of Records for shoving a bit of metal through his nose, out through his mouth. Um, 
Old mate should be awarded for his long dong for sure. That's not anywhere near as impressive as a 18.9-inch cock. No. Here's another record I stumbled upon during my research. The most apples held in your own mouth and <laughs> cut by a chainsaw in one minute. How many do you reckon it is? Oh, that's a solid no for me to start with, but uh, a minute. Apples in the mouth. 20. One every three seconds. It's only eight. I reckon we that's could beat that. Very we impressive. could beat that. Give me the chainsaw. Go and get some apples. We'll you hold the it. apples and I'll hold the chainsaw. Uh, Steve Whitehurst was another bloke who's got a massive schlong and he was accused of shoplifting last year after suspicious staff spotted a larger-than-usual bulge in his trousers. The unsuspecting 47-year-old and his girlfriend Mandy Shenton were about to pay for 400 pounds worth of clothes that Scott's men wear in Stoke-on-Trent when the drama unfolded. As they were waiting, a female manager made a stringing allegation, uh, sorry, a stinging allegation, accusing the man of stuffing clothes down the front of what he later admitted were very tight jeans. <laughs> if you got it, flaunt it, bro. As Ms. Shenton's 18-month-old granddaughter watched on, this gets a bit weird, That's weird. the probing employee pointed at the man's area in a bid to clear his name he dropped his trousers to the floor to prove his innocence. I can't help the way I made this, the window fitter, told the son in 2019. I just kept telling her that it was my penis. Um, something very similar happened to me, see, when I was at Oatly IGA only last week. <laughs> now, Cheryl on cash register too. Oh, Cheryl. She started pointing at my nether region and s- suggested I was stealing two jaffas and a cashew. <laughs> I'll haul her before the board tomorrow. <laughs> Now, according to a study on everyoneweb.com, the global average for penai is 5.5 inches. Embarrassing. Uh, The size of the display screen on your iPhone 6 over there, Sid. Uh, The the title for the biggest penises in the world go to the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Not surprising, to be honest. not surprising. uh, Where the average is 7.1 inches, while North Korea comes bottom of the pile with an average penis size of 3.8. And I believe... Kim Jong-un's dragging that one up. Otherwise, without him, <laughs> it'd be in the two-inch area. Uh, South America is comfortably the most well-hung continent with an average of 6.36 inches. Uh-huh. Uh, and only 3% of men worldwide are dealing with 8-inch-plus. Uh, call old Mr. Old 3% next to me over here. And only 6% actually need extra-large condoms. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Right. Uh, Change of pace? Well, kind of. Uh, this is from the Gosford Gazette. Do I get mentioned in this one? Mm, no. Okay. Man dating ghost fears she's cheating on him by bonking <laughs> other men during lockdown. <laughs> what is going on in this world? The coronavirus pandemic has wreaked havoc on relationships. Bill Board from New Jersey uh, has been worried about his unconventional relationship. Uh-huh. He says he's been dating a ghost called Lisa for two years. But the 36-year-old says the relationship is on the rocks due to fear his ghostly girlfriend is cheating on him. Yeah, well. For the first month in lockdown, Bill said he was inseparable from Lisa. Apparently, he enjoyed plenty of sex with the ghoul as they had bags of time to spend together. He said, at first, we spent every uh, day together for a month. Jersey City was an epicenter early on during the, especially where I live, he says. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm by nature a very anxious person. On top of not being able to see my family or nieces, I was feeling very afraid. I'm usually the strong one in the <laughs> relationship. feeling very afraid. He lives with a ghost. <laughs> but I was too <laughs> overwhelmed to hold it together. In that month, 
Lisa was my rock. Oh, that's lovely. Um, she'd help me cook and wouldn't fold. Have, wouldn't have thought so. Fold laundry. Uh, we watch loads of TV and obviously have sex. Obviously, all the time. It was fun but exhausting. I'm not in great shape. It was hard to keep up. Oh, it's this about you. Um, <laughs> if I was picturing this guy, I was picturing a guy that's not in great shape. He's not on the front of men's health anytime soon, you wouldn't imagine. The old billboard diet. <laughs> Root goes, such a pleasure. Um, on another occasion, they had sex. Oh, sorry. Uh, and I'm not in great shape. Being on a strip lockdown, we found creative ways to be sexually adventurous. The couple's couple weren't just getting naughty under the sheets. Gary said he shared an intimate moment with Lisa on the roof of their building. Wow. And on another occasion, they apparently had sex on a pizza counter, but all that's changed for the loved-up pair. According to Bill, ghostly Lisa has broken lockdown rules and the loved-up bloke worries she's been out visiting other men while he's cooped up inside. He should call the cops. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't if I was him. Uh, he continued, the past month she's out all the time. Never tells me where she's going, just says she's going out with friends. Uh, she's not communicating. It's, <laughs> no, like, it's is... like she's ghosting him. There's a lot of uh, telltale signs here. I'm worried that she's cheating on me. He, she says I'm being paranoid. I mean, I'm not crazy, am I? No, I think there's something in this. He's paranoid. Bill. She's paranormal. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. I can understand wanting space, but something just feels off. Occasionally, I FaceTime with my best friend, Chris, and he thinks... Cabin fever is making me paranoid. She's banging Chris. Um, he says it's obvious how much Lisa loves me. Everyone can see it. Don't think everyone can see this. <laughs> Things are rocky for the first time ever, Bill. added. it's possible. This is all in my mind. And yes. There's a massive chance. Uh, and I'm overthinking it. Isolation is, to- isolation is taking its toll. Despite his cheating fears, Bill, who celebrated his 36th birthday on Monday, planned a special day with Lisa. We planned to have a Star Wars and... <laughs> I was picking Star Trek, but Star Wars and Sex Marathon. He said I was even open to having a threesome with her friend Casper. Uh, <laughs> things not things not might, might not be smooth for the couple now, but we sure hope Bill and his partner will be in good spirits again soon. Yeah, very good. Unless she goes to <laughs> Well, I think it is all in your mind, Bill, and the uh, security footage of the two of you rooting on a pizza counter. <laughs> It actually just shows you jerking off at the local Domino's after hours. <laughs> you're a complete Fruit Loop. <laughs> at least your slut ghost girlfriend hasn't given you anal abscesses. <laughs> Go to our YouTube channel if you missed that pirate ghost story. Go and revisit that one. Bill, he's a flog. Well, Sid, another week, uh, another week of no footy. Boo. So it's... Um, but it's not far away. No, it's not. And actually, this one gives me great pleasure. Yeah. I thought we'd get back to when we were on Chippendale FM there at the Chip. Yeah. Chip FM. Um, chip, Chip, Chip FM. One of the best community uh, FM stations going around. Yeah. This is from 2005. Oh, a, what a great year that what was. What a year. NRL, round 10, 2005. Let me dig that up. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, NRL round 10, 2005, Sid. Halfway through the year almost. Yep. We started on Friday night when St. George Illawarra 34 beat the Panthers 12. Smashed them. Uh, the Dragons were too strong for the Panthers in a five tries to three win in front of 13,000 doll recipients and burglars in Wollongong. Uh, the win has cemented St. George into the top eight and leaves Penrith in danger of losing touch at a chance of semi-finals footy. Now, despite leading eight points to six at the break, Johnny Lang's side couldn't stop the potent attacking ability of the home side with the unbelievably sexy Matt Cooper scoring a double. He is unbelievably sexy former. And they look the team to beat this year, St. George, Illawarra. They'll go deep into the finals before probably getting their heart broken, hopefully. <laughs> they had a big turnover, turnover of players in the offseason with coach Nathan Brown wielding the axe. Mm. Gone is Nathan Blacklock, Brent Kite, Nathan Long, Mark Riddell, and the walking rule book, Henry Perinara. <laughs> in- Just can't shut up about rules. <laughs> in- oh, you know, technically, that's offside. Shut up, oh, Henry. Shut up, mate. No one cares. Perineum. But uh, in comes Michael Ennis, Chris Shepard, he looks the goods, and Colin Best. And after losing five of their first six games, the Dragons are now the team to beat, winning four in a row. Have they won? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were too good for the Panthers in this one. Now, according to Volker of the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, Flick Knife Phil and his less threatening brother, Cheese Knife Charlie, the only thing bigger than the wang of Jason Riles was his stats in this game. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, one try assist, three line breaks and one tackle bust. During the week on Fox Sports, Dragon sprint trainer Matt Shervington has told reporter Warren Smith how he has improved Ryle's 50-metre sprint times by around a second by employing a trick he learnt when he was competing for Australia. What he does is he sticky tapes uh, the Ryle schlong to his left knee uh, and puts a pair of bike shorts on under his proper shorts. Clever. The reduced banging of the bell end into the leg <laughs> apparently shows immediate improvements in running. Something that I know you do up there in your apprenticeship at IGA said to speed up collecting the trolleys. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty true. Uh, they're massive stats from the big fella. Massive. Just, massive, just like his wang. Uh, he was enormous in this one. This He was enormous. This St. George team, it just gets my heart racing former. And not just because they're good at footy. They're okay at footy. <laughs> but what a team of good sorts. They've got Trent Barrett. Dreamy. Dreamy. dreamy Matt Cooper. Dreamy. Sexy. Yep. And Nick Youngquest, he's a dead set spunk. I often get stopped in the street because ladies think I am Nick Youngquest. And of course, the best looker of them all, the giant cabbage patch doll, Sean Timmons. <laughs> what a great sort he is. Am I right, ladies? Hot stuff coming through. From the outside looking in, Sid, it would seem to me that uh, Penrith have a real speed problem of their own. And I'm not sure sticky tape and blokes stalks to their legs is going to fix. Uh, right side winger. Luke Lewis. Luke seems, Lewis. Seems to be one of the slowest outside backs going around. I'm still not convinced that he's not a forward, while their captain and halfback, Craig Gower, looks like he needs less speed. <laughs> yeah, look, some of these players, it's difficult running with your schlong taped to your thigh. You wouldn't know, of course. but of course uh, not. But I do. Uh, I'll tell you something else while we're on that topic. Mm. Uh, don't play Oztag in boxer shorts. It's no good. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, it hurts. Um... The first game on little public service announcement there. The first game on Saturday saw Manly Warringah eighteen defeat the Bulldogs ten. 
Uh, Manly were too strong for the dogs with a fantastic Shane Dunley solo try. It was a great try, wasn't it? Securing the win in front of 74,000 empty seats at Homebush. Incredibly, not a single point was scored in the second half as a 40-minute arm wrestle, see also Mistakeathon, put most of the 14,000 fans to sleep. The win keeps Manly in the top four, whilst for the doggies, it looks like it's going to be a very long season as they now have lost six of their first ten games. Yeah, there are in all sorts of doggies. I rang my mate Tony Grimaldi during the week. He and I played for Penshurst RSL a few years back. Carried him, I believe you said. Yeah, it was always a bit of a question who was the better player, Tony or me. But I've, uh, I've become a bit of a mentor for Tony Grimaldi, so I rang him. To give him a bit of advice on how the doggies are travelling, I said because I know as a football player, there's nothing better than hearing from a piss wreck who's played five games. And yeah, well, themselves. Well, that's why I thought I'd give him a bit of advice. I rang him up. I said to him, "Mate, you guys suck." <laughs> uh, but in this game, I then thought, hung up. "Yeah, that's it. well." He hung up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought in this match though, Matt Utai had a good game. I used to be called Wutai, the White Utai. <laughs> I think in a game that you played with me, actually, because uh, our build is so similar and skills. Uh, so there's a couple of uh, not-so-humble brags in that summary. Yeah, I didn't, didn't notice any of them. Now, according to, <laughs> according to Full Crew, the boys, Humble. Backyard Stats Lab, Nightmare Neville, and his uncomfortable brother, Wet Dream Darren. The game of Brent Kite was enormous for the Seagulls. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks, and a tackle bus. Now, the former, former Dragon second rower looks to be enjoying his new club on the northern beaches after being forced out of the Red V due to salary cap issues. He had to make a couple of tough decisions at the back of last year with the Raiders desperate to sign the big bloke, but he turned his back on the Canberra Frosts and crazily moved to the beachside suburb of DY in Sydney. Yeah, it was an interesting decision, but uh, apparently he's fitted in well up there on the Manly Peninsula. He's rooming with Michael Monaghan, who also came up from Canberra, and they're just like the original odd couple former. Brent Kite, he's a bit of a dog person, but Michael Monaghan is more of a cat person. But they get on well, and Kite is relishing playing at Manly under Des Hasler on what is probably a heavily back-ended deal. (laughs) Despite it being his sixth year at the Bulldogs, Braithen Nasta looks to be going as good as ever, Sid. Oh, he's going great guns. And a bit of a fun story came out during the week oh, hit me. about a new nickname his teammates have given him. Apparently the Bulldogs club statistician, uh, by the name of Ferguson, has discovered that Anasta hasn't lost to any clubs with an animal logo in them for almost a year now. What a strange stat. He's beaten the Sharks, the Tigers, the Roosters, the Panthers, the Broncos, etc. It's quite an extraordinary record, so much so that his teammates are now calling him the veterinarian. (laughs) Also, Also for the doggies, look out for a young kid who played in this match, Adam Brideson. He's a good young kid down from Toowoomba, mm. and I reckon he's got a great future in the NRL. You you, you are very reluctant to say, but you said immortal? Well, you know, you don't want to put pressure on the kid, mm. but yeah, definitely. Uh, second game on Saturday saw Brisbane 23, too strong for the Cowboys, uh, six. Uh, the Broncos overcame the absolute adversity of playing on a Saturday Ugh. to easily beat Must Little be Brothers. fellas. Easily beat Little Brothers, the Cowboys, in a four-tries-to-one demolition in front of 22,000 inbreds at Dairy Farmer Stadium. In a crazy game, the Cowboys scored all their points in the first half. All, what, all four of them? That's right. No, wow. six. six. Uh, and the Broncos scored all their 
points in the second half as they belted North Queensland to secure their eighth win of the year. The Cowboys' chances in 2005 are starting to look a little shaky, Sid, having now lost three games on the trot. Look, I still think they can be there at the pointy end of the season. I love oh, that phrase. They are uh, the, big, uh, the dance. big dance, perhaps. They uh, they bought well in the off-season format. They've brought in the new kid, Jonathan Thurston, from the Doggies. Don't like him. No? No. Well, we'll see. The doggies let him go. To keep... it was only a reserve grader, really, at the dogs. Well, the, the doggies, bench. the doggies let him go to throw big money at Brent Sherwin. Of course, that That's was a, a good, good signing. idea. Great signing, five uh, years, I believe. But North Queensland, they've also brought in big guns, Shane Muspratt and Jason Barsley. Yes, and big Luke O'Donnell, after five seasons at the West Tigers, has gone on to greener pastures. Heading up to North Queensland. Pretty astute move, they're saying. Well, he said he couldn't see himself winning a comp at West. Probably a good move. Sucked in. <laughs> According to full credit of the boys' backyard stats lab, arse-shaking Shane and his jail-heavy brother, arse-raping Ronnie. The game of Scott Minto was enormous for the Broncos. Minto. There's no team, Minto. No, there's no team, Minto. Um, he finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks, and a tackle bust. The man they call 40-20, because he looks like he's 40, but he's actually only 20, <laughs> looks to be a real player to watch. And not just because he's the spitting image of his coach, Wayne Bennett. Despite having uh, despite having hands like cymbals, Minto <laughs> has one huge advantage over other wingers in the competition. He stands at just over eight foot tall. Is that true? Yeah. He looks tall on, on telly. Mm. Uh, anyway, this was a big win for the Broncos, who have some good form about them of late. Wayne Bennett has the boys firing up there, and he's got great support staff. He's got Gary Belcher, Glenn Lazarus, and Kevy Walters as assistant coaches this year. An absolute dream team. If the Broncos fail to win the comp this year, the players will certainly have to look at themselves because it definitely will not be the fault of the assistant coaches. No, I wouldn't think so. Uh, it's hard not to get excited every time Brisbane fullback Carmichael Hunt gets the ball. Oh, I get excited. And it's not just the hope that Ray Warren will mispronounce his name. He's a young gun in every sense of the word. Let's not forget that last year he turned his back on the honour of playing for the Kiwis, despite being born and raised in Auckland, so he can be named for Queensland in the upcoming State of Origin series. Yeah. Uh, the young bloke certainly knows how to find the line, and interestingly, despite growing Growing up playing Union, his one real love is said to be AFL, despite being not able to kick a ball. Yeah. <laughs> you can love the game when you're a kid, but that's the end of it. Yeah. He's a footy player. Uh, the final game on Saturday saw Melbourne 38, far too good for the South Sydney Bunnies 12. I love Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> we it's all a great do. addition to the league. In a true hammering, the Storm scored eight tries to two in an embarrassing one-sided affair against the Bunnies in front of a wonderful crowd of 6,500 goonbag drinkers at Aussie Stadium. It was all over at halftime as the Storm led 22 points to six and their ability to carry the momentum into the second half will have pleased coach Craig Bellamy. I still thought the Bunnies could catch up here. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, the Bunnies <laughs> look to be heading into a cold winter, Sid, having won one, uh, sorry, three of their first 10 games. Although I, for one, won't be writing them off just yet as we let the dream team combination of supercoach Sean McRae and captain Brian Fletcher settle in. Yeah, Fletch suits up in the red and green for his third season after a pretty successful career at the Roosters. But he's already done enough at Redfern, I reckon, to be regarded as one of the South Sydney Rabbitohs immortals. Uh, and with new coaches, you say Sean McRae coming to the Bunnies after a very successful Super League coaching career at three different clubs. The future looks bright for the Bunnies, even though 
They were smashed this week they yet were. again. Now, according to Full Crew, the boys' backyard stats lab, Shotgun Gary, and his less dangerous brother, Popgun Glenn. The game of Robbie Kearns was enormous for the Storm. He finished with 41 tackles, enormous. 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. Well done. Now, the champion front rower and part-time rodeo rider is having a vintage year as a leader of this Melbourne side, with some saying a return to origin in his final year is not impossible. Yeah, I think that's right. They've had a couple of lean years, the Melbourne Storm. They didn't make the semis in 2001 and 2002, which is only a few years ago because we're in 2005 right now. That's right. Uh, they've churned through some coaches, Chris Anderson and Mark Murray getting punted. Untested coach Craig Bellany, Bellamy. I think it is Bellany. Bellany? Bellamy. Yeah. I know. He's only new. He came in two seasons ago, but you wonder how long they'll give him to achieve some success. There was a chance that West Tigers were going to sign the untested Craig Bellamy as their coach. But I tell you now, I'll never stay up late at night wondering what would have happened for the West Tigers <laughs> if we signed Craig Bellamy. <laughs> Storm hooker Cameron Smith. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Good young kid. Certainly looks uh, like he's made the position his own uh, since debuting two years ago down here at the Storm. The Logan Park Jr. was recently in- interviewed in a player profile in Rugby League Week. And he seems to be like a real character. He yeah. says he, he loves chicken wings. Uh-huh. His favourite movie is Cannonball Run. He loves using a rolling pin when cooking in the kitchen. And his favourite player when he's growing up was Crusher Cleal. Interestingly, interesting guy, Sid. Uh, he also said he loved uh, wrestling as a kid and idolised Andre the Giant. And Tom Cruise. They both love wrestling. And what a full head of hair he's got. He's a good sort. What a, a, a real mane, I believe they call that. He's just, he's about three inches off a mullet. Mate, he'll play 150 games. And loves Devon, I believe. He loves Devon. Um, loves Devon. On Sunday. And what happened uh, on Sunday? The Roosters, 10, were too good for the Warriors, 6. Oh, geez, this was a tight one. Uh, the Roosters scored a gutsy win against a tough Warriors side and a late Joel Monaghan try proving the difference in a real battle in front of 10,000 sheep lovers over at Ericsson Stadium. Uh, just off topic, Sid, yeah. how good are those Ericsson mobile phones that Ericsson have sent us here at uh, Chip FM? The flip-style phone is ageless, Sid, and the T28S is an absolute must for anyone looking to not only be mobile but also be cutting edge. And I'll tell you one thing, if I hear one more person telling me that the 3G network is responsible for the SARS virus, I'll dead set lose my shit. Mate, these flip phones are rad. I still like my pager, I've got to tell you. But thanks to Ericsson, proud sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys, for the 2005 season on Chip, 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 Chip FM. Thanks for the free stuff. But this, getting back to the footy, was a real close game with only the Joel Monaghan try saving the Roosters. Yeah, he's a country lad, Joel Monaghan, coming up from Canberra this season. But he's fitting in nicely, apparently, with his new teammate and roommate, Anthony Minicello. But they're dead set like the original odd couple. Joel Monaghan is a real dog lover, whereas Minnie, he loves his pussy. It's causing all sorts of mayhem at Bondi. According to Fulker, the boys' backyard stats lab, Ice Pick Paul and his less scary brother, Toothpick Pete. The game of Adrian Morley was enormous for the Roosters. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. His unusual high knee running style is proving hard for defenders to stop in 2005, Sid, although his ability to use his knees in tackling is also proving to be destructive. Mate, I love Adrian Morley. I won't have a bad word said about him. He's the first POM to win both the NRL and Super League championships. He's a lovable larrikin. He has spent 
19 weeks on the sideline through suspension in his past four seasons at the Roosters. And who could forget his hit on Robbie Kearns in the 2003 Test match against Australia on the first hit-up of the match that saw him sent off after 12 seconds. Nearly killed Kearnsy, let's be honest. <laughs> great Blake, though. Great Blake. Uh, you really have to feel for Roosters halfback Brett Finch. Right now, he's definitely not in the best form on the field, and some are linking it to his off-field life. The single bachelor is said to be struggling with self-confidence since he started playing at the Roosters and going out with his teammates after games. Finch usually socialises in bars with fellow players like Anthony Minicello, Luke Rickardson, Ryan Cross and Craig Wing, which must be taking its toll considering he's referred to on his Red Hot Pie profile as unfortunate looking. Red Hot Pie. <laughs> Yeah, that's a Proud sponsor of Full Crew, the boys. Yeah. <laughs> that's a tough crowd to pick up a chick with, isn't it? For old Finchie. Uh, Get your teeth fixed. Maybe you're a shot. <laughs> oh, bad set of teeth. Uh, Sunday, the, the, the other game on Sunday, Cronulla, 32, was too strong for Canberra, 26. High-scoring game. The Sharks hung on in a high-scoring game, so I'm glad you said that, against the Raiders, <laughs> winning in a six tries to five inter- entertaining battle in front of 13,000 hypothermia sufferers in Canberra. A late try to Phil Bailey sealed the win for the Sharks, who overcame a 16-14 halftime deficit to get their eighth win in the first 10 rounds. Eight wins from 10 rounds. Jeez, they look good, the Turn Sharkies. Turn the porch light off. That's all I'm saying. Oh, well, you've ruined my joke. Jeez, they look good, the Sharkies. Everyone's seventh favourite Sydney team. They sit on top of the ladder with Manly and Brisbane. Two points ahead of Canberra now. This was a crucial win for them in this top-of-the-table clash. And could we be seeing the porch light turned off this year, former? No is the answer to that. But this was a great come-from-behind victory for the Sharks, who have bought well in the off-season. Luke Cavell, who signed with them for the 2005 season this year, after he turned his back on the West Tigers to move to the Cronulla Sharks, as he said... He couldn't see the Tigers winning a comp. <laughs> and also at Cronulla, they've unearthed some good young kids in Keith Galloway, who's out injured after Hopawati dog shot at him in round two. Remember that? That's it right. It was only eight weeks Savage. ago. You should remember. Savage. Leading to Hopawati sitting out for 17 weeks. And they've also uncovered this kid, Bo Scott, uh, all of which should have a long and prosperous career at the high-flying and very well-run club, the Sharkies. Well, according to full credit of the boys, I think they're all, all using Ericsson phones at the moment. Over the yeah, they are. Yeah. According to full credit of the boys, backyard stats lab, ass-kicking Craig and his well-endowed brother, ass-splitting Simon. The game of Paul Gallant was enormous for the Sharks. Oh, wasn't it? Finished with 40, 41 tackles, 188 running metres, zero try assists, three line breaks. Three one, line breaks. One tackle bust and zero offloads. Gallon, who was making the position of Lockie's own, despite being very small for a forward these days, really leads from the front, running as hard at the start of the game as he does at the end. In Amazing this, stamina. In this game alone, he often had two hit-ups in each set of six for the Sharks. And on four different occasions, Sid, he did three hit-ups for the Raiders. Yeah, he never stops, big gal. At one point in this match... Little gal, I think they call him. <laughs> he never stops. At one point in this game, he grabbed the kicking tee off the Raiders' ball boy and ran 30 metres to hand it over to the Canberra goal kicker before a conversion before running 70 metres back before the kickoff, He just wants to be involved in everything, former. A real selfish player. I believe, too, he looked up at the um, 
the, the coach's box and ask for those to be put down in these stats. Yeah. Loves a stat. Uh, you have to feel sorry for a young bloke like uh, Cronulla Utility, Greg Bird, said... Great bloke. He's a bloke who at such a young age is quite impressionable and he's he has publicly uh, battled um, staying on the straight and narrow after last year's on-field incident where he was sat out for 10 weeks for kneeing South Shane Martin on the head. <laughs> I think he asked for it. But really, he's being set up to fail, in my opinion, at the Sharks. How's that? I mean, what chance is he to walk the fine lines of rules and regulations and laws on the outside when he's in a team of wild men like... Brett, the party animal, Kamali, Jason, Pissrex Stevens, oh, or yeah. Paul, Last Drinks, Mellor. The Sharks, Brat Pack, are getting a real <laughs> name around the Shire. Um, this week banned from one Bible study group and two libraries. Hopefully, Bird's manager can keep a tight, tight hold on the young Charger. Otherwise, I fear for his future. Yeah, me too. But you know, I'm more a glass half full kind of guy than a glass half empty. I think he'll be fine out there. Uh, Monday. No, sorry, the final game on Sunday, I should say, which is, I miss Monday night football. Um, Why'd they get rid of that? West Tigers. How could you forget this game? You and I were out there. West Tigers 32 were too strong for Newcastle 16. And what has been described as the most comprehensive wins in rugby league history. Yeah, I think that's accurate. The West Tigers easily counter for an insipid Knights team in front of 15,000 former inmates at Hunter Stadium. The Tigers won in a six tries to three hammering with two late Knights drives, saving the local team from outright embarrassment. Yeah, the display from the Tigers was so dominant in this one, the local Newcastle community are wondering if they weren't better off with the Hunter Mariners as their team. Mm. This was a total demolition from the Tigers. My rough punt at the beginning of the year was West Tigers to win the NRL Premiership and the Swans to win the AFL flag. And I stand by that. Even though we have four wins and five losses from the first 10 rounds, we've got the bye in there as well. I think even though we have a very young team. There's a lot to like from this win, wasn't there? I think we'll finish the season strongly. According to Full Crew of the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, uh, Crack Shot Sean, and his very alert brother, Crack Pipe Paul, uh, the game of Liam Fulton was enormous for the Tigers. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. The Tigers' funny man is all business out in the field, and his efforts in a uh, in almost single-handedly dismantling a Knights star-studded forward pack went a long way to securing the win for the newly formed amalgamated team. Mate, he is a great player and an even greater bloke. He's always coming in to IGA Oatley, where I'm an apprentice, I just started there doing the trolleys. He's always coming in, IGA Oatly, buying chocolates for his skill tester machines that he owns with Bryce Gibbs. What a business that is. He tried to get me in on it. I've declined. They're all around Leichhardt. Kids are playing Fulton and Gibbs skill tester machines all up and down Leichhardt. And all through Campbelltown, kids are breaking into them. A few of these... <laughs> A few of these young blokes from the Tigers. I've they... heard three of your machines were just stolen outright <laughs> from Campbelltown. This team, there's a lot to like about this West Tigers team. A lot of these young blokes from the Tigers won the SG ball comp in 2002 for the Magpies, and they look like they have a bright future as a merged entity. Well, I'm, despite, I'm right behind it. Despite the Tigers sitting mid-pack after 10 rounds, I have to make mention of the form of young Tigers 5'8", Benji Marshall. Isn't he a good find? Well... The Kiwi-born number six, most likely to be named as a Queenslander later this year, let's be Probably. honest, uh, needs to pull his head in or out of his ass, depending on how you look at it, and show some respect for possession. And the sooner Sheens pulls him aside and gives him a rev up, the better. In this game alone, he threw three high-risk flick passes 
And as we always say on this show, Sid, flick passes are for fuckheads. <laughs> you always do say that. They you never, hate a, they never you hate work. A lair, don't you? They never work. The receiver never knows it's coming, and that's on the odd occasions they actually pass them anywhere near their intended receiver. I'll say it nice and simple, Benji, and I know you listen to the show. Put the flick pass away, you two Bob Lair. No, I think that's fair. This is what these uh, young New Zealand players with a lot of skill need. They need their skills to be squashed and taken out of their game. That's right. The sooner it happens, the better. It's unnatural what they're trying to do there. <laughs> wow, he said there was some big news and big uh, results in that round. And who'd have guessed? Bloody Tigers won. What a end. great season that was. And my multi got up. And I think it was... Uh, the Swans lo- got up as well that year. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, long held. I think you got it with Bluebet. Um it was long held as, and still is held as the greatest uh, year of NRL. Oh, absolutely. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. Let's talk for this. Well, there's a fair bit blowing around, and we'll start with uh, Daily Telegraph alleged journalist Phil Rothfield has revealed <laughs> the three New South Wales stadiums that will be used in the NRL when the season restarts on May 28. Well, I think I just saw a tweet oh, okay. not two minutes ago. Well, let's see if it's consistent with this. Have a wild guess. Uh, the Central Coast Stadium will be where the Newcastle, the Warriors, and Manly will play out of. Yes. Um, then we've got Campbelltown for West Tigers, Canberra, uh, Cronulla and St. George. Yes. And then we'll have Bank West for Parramatta, Penrith, Canterbury, Roosters and Souths. Yes. Where the Storm play? Storm are playing at uh, Amy Park. Oh, okay. North Queensland are playing in their brand new super shiny stadium. And Brisbane and the Gold Coast are playing out of Lang Park, whatever that's called now. Okay. It's Friday nights only for Brisbane, obviously. You would imagine. Yeah. Um... So they're taking away grounds like Leichhardt, which is a devastation. It's a disgrace. Uh, Panthers Stadium's not being used. No. Obviously, Homebush won't be used. Who cares? The footy stadium, I was surprised, is not getting used. No. Well, I think they just didn't lay some turf. And I think I said this Looks better than Brookvale. Lay some some (laughs) turf and um, just park some cars around the... That'd be great. People can go and watch. Socially distancing your car. It's a great idea. You're a smarter man than Peter Philanders. (laughs) Ned Philanders. Ned. The NRL is on a collision course with the 2020 World Cup. Good, bring it on. With the, I, don't, I still do not believe that this will happen. Uh, with the second state of origin clash uh, set to uh, go against Australia's possible semi-final at the SCG, all three origins will reportedly be played in the space of 14 days this year. After the end of the season on November 4, 11, and 18, it's expected. The men's T20 World Cup will be cancelled or postponed. You would imagine amid so. Amid concerns over the ability of 15 teams to travel to Australia and whether crowds can attend. And the other thing that no one seems to mention about the uh, T20 World Cup is, yeah. first of all, it's hit and giggle, who cares? But there's no one actually playing cricket to warm up to play cricket in a World Cup. Yep. So would you really want a World Cup that holds the, the weight of being a World Cup if... Teams are coming here without having played for the last three months. Well, first of all, there absolutely should not be a World Cup in T20. I agree with that. 100%. The Big Bash, they shouldn't even play T20 matches in Australia with touring teams. The Big Bash is the T20. Yep. The IPL yep. is the uh, T20. They should not be playing international T20s. And exactly like you say, unless Ned Philanders is going to run 
the Australian Cricket Board, there is no way that that's going to get off the ground. No. Uh, the NRL... Ned, Ned would get it done. Sorry, NRL star. I, I use that term loosely. Bryce Cartwright has returned to training with the Gold Coast Titans teammates on Friday after being granted an 11th-hour medical exemption Good. from the Queensland <laughs> government. Sounds <laughs> legit. Uh uh, just as he was back in business, though, a report emerged on Friday that the 25-year-old is set to be dropped from the Titans' starting side for their third-round match. The Courier-Mail first reported Cartwright's week of exile, where he was stood down from training duties after protesting the so-called no-jab-no-play policy um, and set to cost him his starting spot in the second row. Report claims Titans coach Justin Holbrook never heard of him, is now considering demoting uh, Cartwright to the bench when the season returns because he will be less conditioned than his teammates after missing <laughs> a key week of contact training. Yeah, it was seven days. Cartwright was spotted training. That's the excuse you're running with, eh? Uh-huh. Uh, Cartwright was spotted training as part of the Titans' second string squad on Friday with Keegan Hipgrave replacing him in the starting squad. Cartwright avoided the flu shot and a club ban thanks to his late medical exemption. Just remembered. Oh, that's right. I was sick once before from having the flu shot. Yeah. Uh, he and teammate Brian Kelly had been given until Thursday to agree to the flu shot, uh, which would enable them to play and train in line with the strict state government policy. Now, I'm not sure if you remember this former, but uh, new... What tit- I don't remember is Bryce Cartwright actually saying before last Friday, <laughs> Well, oh, me- they make me sick, those jabs. I can't have one. Well, let me get to that. But first of all, new Titans coach, is it Barry Holbrook? I don't know. Dave Holbrook? Is Holbrook even correct? Anyway, the new Titans coach came out very strongly saying the NRL should stay staunch and anyone who doesn't have a vaccination should not be allowed to play. (laughs) He was the only coach that came out and said that. But now it has come out miraculously that much like his teammate Nathan Peets, who legitimately had an allergic reaction, then all of a sudden, old mate, your mate, Cartwright, has said, Cartwright, hang on. Can't tackle. Cart. That's that's an idea. I've also had whatever that guy is saying, <laughs> and he's found a doctor to sign off on that. That's the doctor I want to visit. <laughs> Get off work all the time. Dr. I Nick, I believe his name is. I don't want to go to IGA and push trolleys. I'm going to that doctor. Get a certificate forever. Dragons coach, Paul McGregor. Doesn't think now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is he still the Dragons coach? Well, that's on a day-to-day proposition at best. But listen to this. You'll love this story. Hit me. Dragons coach Paul McGregor doesn't think now is the right time to make any changes to the game, but admits the six-again rule will benefit his team. The, uh, the ARL Commission went against the advice of a number of the game's biggest stakeholders on Wednesday to approve the proposal from Project Apollo to revert to one ref and introduce a six-again rule. McGregor joins a long line of coaches and players against the changes. He says the game will look different with the new rules in place and question the timing of it. In 2008, when the, uh, they changed from the one referee to two, it was around the reflection of the demands of the game because of the pace uh, and made it really tough for one referee controlling the rocket and then getting a good good 10 metres as well, he said. So 12 years later, we change it back to one referee. I'm with Mary on this one. Yeah. Is it the right timing with eyes on the game? No. That's questionable right now, he said. Well, it's not questionable. The, the answer is no. The six to go probably complements 
the one referee where he can just call it on the run no. and keep the game flowing, which will give us a uh, which will help us as a football team. He said, selfishly, if we look at the Dragons, he said, we give the least amount of penalties away in holding people down. We've got two really experienced nines in Bully, Isaac Luke, and Cam McGuinness, uh, and they can take advantage of the six to go. And we've got a mobile footy team that can defend. So for us, not against kicks. So for us, it's good. But for the game right now, I'm not sure the timing's right. But we've got to get on with it and make it work for everyone. So let me uh, understand what you've just said. McGregor has said not only is he a super coach and he understands how all this works, that the new rules actually advantage his team. Yes, that's right. So, so Dragons if they fans, don't win the comp this year... Dragons fans, get excited. That's all I can excited. say. Get excited. It's the year of the dragon. Get the tats. A little tattoo parlor's sure, unopened, but whatever. Surely... Buy your own tattoo gun off no. eBay. <laughs> They're about 48 bucks. Buy get Ma- that cheapy because you don't need deering, let me tell you. By McGregor's uh, talking there, they are in the box seat. This rule is going to be advantageous to them. It's exciting times so, for the Dragons. if they don't win the comp, what's oh, going to happen then? I, I don't think that's up for grabs. I think they will win the comp. There really is no question. They're, they're going to win the comp. Uh, and in bad news during the week, uh, Australian uh, rugby league icon Arthur Summons has passed away, aged 84. Summons died at a nursing home in Sydney on Saturday night. He's immortalised in the current NRL Premiership trophy, the Proven Summons Trophy. He's an iconic photo embracing rival captain Norm Proven after the 63 grand final is the theme of the trophy and one of the game's most famous images. Summons played for Western Suburbs at club level, but his achievements on the representative stage are mightily impressive. He won all five games he captained the Kangaroos. And he captain coached the side to an Ashes victory in England in 63-64. In 63, he almost led Western Suburbs to a sensational grand final victory against the mighty St George Dragons. But Proven's team won the decider 8-3 in the mud. And I went and saw them play a tribute match to that at the SCG. And they had both the old timers out there chatting away. And he was still filthy to this day that they lost that match. Mm. St George player got up. And just kept running, well, that was and a, they got robbed. There were stories about that referee being on the take. Absolutely, in that game. there was another another way that Wests lost a premiership. It's an absolute joke. But every journalist I've heard speak about him during the week says what a lovely man he was, yeah, gentleman, yeah. and how great it is that he is immortalised as our trophy. Valet, good sir. For the heavyweight championship. Of the world! This is a famous victory. Sports News. AFL and the AFL's bid to resume has received a major boost with no player or official, official testing positive for COVID-19. The 2020 season will resume on June 11, less than two months after the league temporarily temporarily shut its season down following one round of action due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, AFL Chief Executive Guilty McLaughlin on Friday delivered a return-to-play plan, although a fluid fixture for the start of the revamped campaign was still to be worked out and would be re- released at some stage in the next 10 days. McLaughlin also unveiled a range of strict protocols, including rigorous testing that would put in place to protect players, officials, staff and the wider public. Players and officials will be tested twice a week, 24 hours before each contact training session, as well as temperature screened every time they enter a club facilities. Any player or official court uh, breaching protocols will be 
um, assessed under conduct unbe- unbecoming and dealt with in accordance of the AFL rules. Each household will be assessed for risks that the players live in. There will be restrict. There'll be restrictions on uh, visitors to households, um, and there's a full suite of those, McLaughlin said. It's expected that the grand final will be on October 24, with a venue still to be announced, given that if the World Cup of Cricket goes ahead... It won't. They will require the MCG under a contract that the cricket has with the MCG Trust. Yes, but it is still not a requirement in the AFL for players to have a flu vaccination, Hmm. and it's just come out today... That is not a requirement for AFL players that have been stabbed to speak to police. <laughs> yes, uh, that was an interesting little story to come out this week. It was. Uh, Geelong player s- stabbed, took himself to hospital via U- Uber, which is always the best way to get to hospital. Um, imagine that Uber driver. Haven't had a, hasn't had a fare in three weeks. The first time a bloke gets in, he's bleeding. Honestly. Bleeding everywhere. Um, Zero stars. But for anyway, that passenger. Thankfully, the AFL media circled their wagons around that poor deer. And, uh, Jeez, they've come down hard on him, haven't said, they? Said that social... No uh, was the answer to that. Social quarantining <laughs> is, the, is, the, uh, is to blame once again for yeah. a, a player. Mate, it's happening everywhere. See, this is you coming down on the AFL. All of these people, everyone out there in society that's lost their job and is staying home and doing the right thing, they're all getting stabbed. Yeah. But it's just the <laughs> AFL players are getting picked on. Getting reported on. Wake up to yourself. The um, the, the difference between the NRL, the NRL administration, and the NRL media, and the AFL, the AFL administration, the AFL uh, media, is stark. It yeah. is unbelievable. Like, we carry on about TikTok videos and, like, they're the greatest crime to humanity in the last thousand years. And yet, here's one bloke writing cars off and crashing into luxury cars in Melbourne and then walking away blind, uh, leaving his name and number on a piece of paper. Mate, Nathan Cleary lied to the police over that TikTok scandal. Yeah. At least this guy who's been stabbed, he hasn't lied to police. He's he refused to, to answer him. any questions. <laughs> AFL, hashtag talk other games down. This is a beauty. AFL players could face penalties if they catch COVID-19 after having casual hookups. The Herald Sun is reporting <laughs> the, the league has previous, uh, privately urged players to avoid any irresponsible sexual behaviour that has the potential to put them or their teammates at a heightened risk of contracting the virus. Under the current AFL return to play protocols, players are prohibited from having visitors in their home um, and any other, sorry, any other than their partner, family, or family member who is providing care or support to a loved one. The AFL reportedly said it will not ban one night stands, but uh, a series of hookups wouldn't be looked on favourably. Uh, it's not yet clear how many indiscretions it would take for the <laughs> AFL to consider penalties. This is outrageous. That- this does damage to um, what is the remnants of Red Hot Pisid. They, they've said. They've said that they're going to have a more stringent policy than the NRL. That's why they're starting late. And I heard today on Triple M that they may be starting later than they anticipated. Yeah, we can't find a follow-up to that story. No, I heard, you it, definitely this heard it this morning. Definitely. Um, I find that interesting. What, what I find, I, I don't mind AFL, and I know you don't mind AFL as well. I know a lot, of, hate it. A lot of people <laughs> don't like it, and that's fine. I, no dramas with that. But what I find remarkable is that whilst Rugby League was running around doing all the legwork and copying all the criticism, and a lot of it was from AFL media. 100% it was. You know, May 28th, that's ridiculous. And blah, Channel blah, 9. Blah, blah. Yeah, Channel 9 had a red-hot crack as well. 
Um, and the whole time AFL and their media are saying, well, we don't have to rush back. We've got plenty of coin. So, you know, if Rugby League want to push the boundaries and, and uh, upset the public by coming back early, then that's their problem. But we're not going to do that. Exactly. The moment, miraculously, the moment Rugby League announces May 28th, Oh, we can come back two weeks later. Yeah, the week before we got all, unbelievable. <laughs> the week before the NRL all got ticked off, ready to go. Uh, the AFL's like, this is outrageous. That's way too quick. Hang on, it's all been signed off. See you in a fortnight. All right, we'll be starting two weeks later. <laughs> oh, hang on, there's a problem with flu vaccinations. Ours is going to be much more stringent. We're not going to flu vaccinate everyone. We don't care about that. <laughs> but now they're coming out saying they're going to police how often the AFL players have sex. What's old mate Gillen, your mate? Guilty McLaughlin. What's he going to be doing? Sitting out the front with binoculars, checking? And how many's too many? I don't know, but... Mate, if he came around here and saw me, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> He'd be bored. <laughs> Supercars. Uh, the Gold Coast and Newcastle supercar rounds have been scrapped in a new-look supercar schedule that will conclude at Bathurst in February. Uh, after announcing that the season will resume in Sydney in June, Supercars on Sunday unveiled the rest of their revised program, that will run over a total of 13 rounds. Supercars have not held a complete race since the opening Adelaide 500 in February. Uh, the pandemic shut down qualifying at Melbourne 400 at Albert Park in mid-March. You were happy about that, weren't you? Oh, so happy. So, <laughs> so happy. Um, interesting, interestingly enough about this is that they go to Bathurst twice. Yes, that's um, cool. The story is there will only be one enduro round, and that will be the first time they go to Bathurst. I don't know what that means. Oh, so it means co-drivers? Okay. Next time they go to Bathurst, it will only be the, cars, yeah. the car and the driver It doesn't themselves. matter if you explain it to me. I don't understand. You'll stick with me. It's um, car racing, right? Yeah. Are and they doing it on the video games, or this is legit now? <laughs> well, at the moment, <laughs> okay. it's going to okay. be legit. All right. Um, and the other thing is, obviously, no crowds. They're saying no crowds all year for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, that, that's a good point. Up in Bathurst. Which is awkward because I've already uh, buried my nine cartons of beer up in <laughs> the campgrounds of Bathurst. Jeez, that's a good point. We should go up there. We score up big. Uh, yeah, I agree. There shouldn't be more than 10 people on the mountain watching this race. There's, there's not enough room. Yeah. Uh, Formula One. Just because we haven't got enough motorsport in here, Sid, and I know you're in for it. Oh, geez, I love it. It's been confirmed that Daniel Ricciardo will leave Renault F1 team to join McLaren Racing in 2021 on a multi-year deal. Oh, my God. Uh, Sebastian Vettel announced that he'd leave Ferrari at the end of 2020. Speculation had swirled of several changes in the Formula 1 paddock and say, some saying that Ricciardo was going to Ferrari. Proved not. Uh, Ricciardo signed a McLaren after Carlos Sainz uh, went to Ferrari. He was a McLaren. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Then what uh, happened? Now, now, thirty. Well, as you say, what else is boring? Now, thirty years of age, Ricardo will join twenty-year-old Lando Norris of the United Kingdom at the Woking-based team next year. Who's Just Lando driving for? For the same team, uh, Ricardo's driving. For, yeah, that McLaren. doesn't mean anything. McLaren. But Lando, Lando, I'm going for that guy. Well, like Lando Calrissian. Some are saying that uh, Ricardo should have went to Ferrari. Take it from me, he shouldn't have. Yeah, because I was thinking he should have. No. Why shouldn't he have? Because the story is, is that their package isn't good and isn't going to get good for the next two years. So well, it's never go. stopped you. Tennis, I love a good package. Tennis, a crazy fan has paid $85,000 US for a dinner date with tennis star Eugenie Bouchard. Was it Robbie Farah? Correct. Uh, with, oh. all the, <laughs> with all the cash going to charity. Stunning Bouchard, 20, sorry, Stunning Bouchard. Stunning? The Stunning Bouchard. Yeah, are they saying she's stunning or that or stunned she's her stunned that her? she heard know. that? Uh, auctioned off the package, her package, which includes uh, getting to watch her play 
Jeez, that'd be awkward. As part of the all-in, you reckon the, the cameras wouldn't be on you just sitting there? Yeah, that's old mates paid to be here, treating <laughs> Eugenie like a whore. Um, uh, auctioned off the package, which includes getting to watch her play as part of the all-in challenge in conjunction with the American charity 15 Seconds of Fame. Some 37, <laughs> some 37 bids were placed in all, with offers, wow. offers starting at 3,700. Yeah, I pulled out at 4,200. That was n- all I could afford. No one could match the eye-watering amount paid by an unnamed winner, Robbie. Robbie yeah, Farrell. we've named him here. Uh, the huge amount of cash stunned warmer, former world number five Bouchard, who's about number 130 or something these days, uh, who wrote on Instagram, this is insane, you guys are amazing. Uh, description gets more than 15 seconds of fame with Jeannie Bouchard. Uh, lucky winner and guest will guest. That's a no from me. Uh, we'll go to any tennis tournament of their choice. Uh, US Open, French Open, Wimbledon, or the Australian Open. Uh, I thought you'd go Jeannie. watch her just playing on your own. No. Oh, that sucks. Jeannie has the airfare cover. That's what I'm saying. You'll be on TV. They'll be like, that's him. Yeah. Paid to be like a loser. This mad stalker. Yeah. <laughs> That's rubbish. What a shit prize. He's an endorsed stalker. I can't uh, believe all the money's going to the Robbie Farage Foundation as well. How's this? The the winner gets to sit in the player's box. Um, there you go. Long jump. <laughs> uh, full credit, boys. Obviously, your home of long jump, Sid. Yes. Russian, Russian long jumper Daria Klishna. Oh, has yeah. sensationally revealed she was offered $300,000 a month mm. to become an escort. By uh, Robbie Farah? <laughs> no, but I okay. tell you what, 300000 might be unders looking at her. World oh, Champ- really? Oh, yeah. Let me Google her while you talk about it. World Championship uh, silver medalist Klishna, 29, who currently lives in Atlanta in the US, made the shock claim in an interview with Russian media outlet uh, sports.ru. Hang on, I've got her on the screen here. How much was she offered? Three hundred grand a month. A month. Yeah, no, I'd pay that. I was offered to be an escort. The message came from an unknown person in the US. It was several months ago. I was not expecting something like this. He just wrote a direct message to me on Instagram. I'm not somebody Instagram. You get all those messages. All, oh, you write them. Oh, yeah, I write them on Instagram, but yeah. I receive them on TikTok. I'm not. <laughs> Everyone, I'll give oh. you 30 bucks to dance on TikTok. How bad is that? I don't know how that many. Is a, that is a poor social media I don't know platform. how many messages I get a day. I'm not somebody who swears at people and just answered him back with sorry, but I'm not interested in this offer. He then got back to me saying, you don't refuse me straight away. You don't even know the conditions. I'm offering you $300,000 per month. If someone offers that to me on TikTok, I'll do it. Or on my new OnlyFans page. $300,000 a month. I'll do whatever you want for $300,000 a month. Yeah, I'd hate to see how low you go. Minimum 12-month contract. Terms and conditions apply. See in store for details. having a function or an event are you part of a sporting or community group do you have a birthday anniversary bucks or hens night coming up mayor inc can supply any custom product you can imagine custom made t-shirts aprons stubby holders cushions shopping bags hoodies tote bags vinyl stickers and decals or put your business logo on a range of workwear Go to mayorinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mayor Inc. has you covered. Go to mayorinc.com.au. Go to mayorinc.com.au. All right, Sid, our next guest is a bloke who played 192 games for the Roosters and the Bulldogs, where he won a comp in 1995. And back in the day, could dead set sidestep both me and you in a phone box? 
probably could now, truth be told. Uh, he's also part of a group of blokes that were both rugby league players and police officers, including Craig Young, Paul Sirenan, Sean Garlick, and John Elias. You might have to check that last one. Yeah, I'm not sure about that last one. <laughs> Johnny, I, we, he knew him, we knew him well, but yeah, in a different way. Professionally, and, and professionally. Love him like a brother. Love him like a brother. Well, welcome to the show, Mr. Rod Silver. <laughs> mate, thanks, thanks for, for having me, boys. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, we'll start from the start. You were born and uh, played your juniors out Penrith way. Were you a Panthers fan as a kid? Yeah, I suppose I was because... All my mates, all of us wanted to play for the Chocolate Soldiers when yep. we were kids. And, um, yeah, we all loved playing rugby league, and that's what we lived for. And that was our dream. And how did you end up at the Roosters uh, then, mate? Well, so I played my junior football uh, for a club called Leftwich Park, which are no longer around. Mm-hmm. Great club. We had a lot of good players play for our in- club in different ages. And a bloke by the name of David Smith played a fair bit of footy with me. Me and him were the centres in our side. Yep. And we played like Sunday comp. So it was from 15s upwards to probably A grade or C grade we played. And then he, he got graded. He went down to the Roosters and um, got graded. Yep. Arthur Beetson Arthur liked what he saw. And um, the year after he got graded, which he got graded in 87, and so there was about six of us that, or seven of us that went down the next year from the same team to twelve with the Roosters. Yep. And I think seven of seven of us got graded in the twenty ones. I, I, not that the Roosters had a big local juniors, but um, <laughs> never. Yeah, I, I think they still did all right in regards to recruitment because there was pretty, you know, there was a big turnout for the trials. Mate. Um, so yeah, we all went down there and, and we were lucky enough to get graded in twenty ones. Do you remember your first game of first? It was against the Gold Coast, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was an eye-opener. <laughs> I was playing against Chris Close and Ronnie Gibbs, and I think Ronnie Gibbs got me once too. So I, mean, I was trying to hide from him, but he, he got me. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, just – I didn't know what to expect. I, I remember the game was pretty fast, and, um, yeah, that's about it. I, I think I caught one bomb. I don't know what else I did, but <laughs> I remember staying on the field – after the game, because um, there's a lot of a lot of fans. That, you know, when the fans could come onto the field, and yep. I just kept signing. Whoever asked me, to, I think I was asking people, do they want me to sign? <laughs> 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 at, at the end, but I was the last one. I think I was the last one of our team still out there because I didn't know, you know, what the go was. <laughs> and then I think one of the trainers come and said, "Mate, we got to go. <laughs> you need to get inside. You'll miss the bus." So, and yes, you'll miss the bus. <laughs> Straight to shooters. Although was, I, I think we're staying pretty close. So. But it was a great experience. I remember, you know, Brendan Hall and Hugh McGahn, Craig Salvatore. Um, we had a pretty good side. Um, and I felt privileged, you know, to play first grade for well, the Roosters. In uh, 1995, you signed a Super League contract, which led yep. to the new coach and staunch ARL man, Gus Gould, dropping you to reserve grade. How did yeah. uh, how did Gus tell you you wouldn't be playing first grade at the Roosters anymore? Well, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> so there, there was no conversation. It was I played the first two first grade games in first grade because Mark Murray got sacked in the off season, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we had a, a, an agreement like a gentleman's agreement. Me and 
Muppet, um, just about me joining the cops and, you know, being away for the off-season. And he was happy with that as long as I kept fit. And unfortunately in Golden, there's not much to do, so I was pretty fit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on the weekends, I'd just come back and train and everything was fine. And then, unfortunately, he got sacked and Gus came in. And I think because I'd been there for, you know, six, seven years, um, he kind of, his hands were tied and he had to honour that sort of agreement. So yep. I played the first two games. I, I remember I didn't play that bad to get dropped. You know when you play bad enough to get dropped. But I think because of the Super League ARL war, war uh, and he was a big ARL man, um, he didn't like the fact that I signed with Super League, I think. We, so, ask everyone, yeah. we ask everyone who played in that era, did you make heaps yeah. of money? <laughs> Do you get those sweet um, Super League dollars? Well, you know what, mate? I was probably one of the last, I think. And so because I was one of the last, I got probably the least. That's but, what everyone you know, says. <laughs> no, no. If I, if I signed when I think Steve Edmett signed, like he was getting massive money. and Yeah, it was outrageous the money they were getting. But it was good good on them because, you know, rugby league's only for a short time, so you've got to do the best you can. But I was one of the last that signed, but... Um, Speaking to my manager, we thought that was the best way to go. And then, yeah, after the first two games, I got dropped to reserve grade. (laughs) But I got dropped to the bench of reserve grade. So for the next four games, (laughs) I didn't know this. But, yeah, a couple of the boys that were in the know told me I was never going to get a game. Yeah, you're on the outer. So, yeah, that's what happened. And then after four weeks of sitting on the bench for reserve grade, not even, you know, getting a run, because I didn't really want to leave the Roosters. I always dreamed of being a one-team, you know, player. And because they gave me an opportunity, I just wanted to stay with them. And, you know, before that stuff happened, I was really happy with how, you know, um, I was treated and how things were. Ultimately, you, you left the Roosters mid-year in that year and you went to the Dogs and... Uh, the, the... Now, that, yeah, well, let's. I'll, I'll give you a first. Every time they say mid-year, it's not mid-year. It's after six games. <laughs> it's after six games, so it's early in the comp. <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of I've heard that a couple of times. It, it was never mid-year. Yep. It was just after six six rounds, well, and that was the earliest I could get out of there because uh, I I don't think they because I'd been there a while. I think management that wanted me to stay, but. I don't think the coach liked me. But, <laughs> well, you, yeah. left, you left there. You went to the Dogs. Um, yeah. Fast forward a few months. You score a, 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 grand, a try in the grand final, the, the last try, actually, in the 1995 grand final, the Bulldogs win. What time that night yeah. did you give Gus a call? <laughs> no, no. I, there was no phone calls. I, I, and, and a couple of my mates, you know, very passionate rugby league supporters and, you know, good mates of mine, said, maybe you need to say something or do something. Or I said, look, uh, what, can, what can you say after winning, going to another team and not being wanted and winning the grand final? Say what, thank what you. What do you need to say? Exactly. What did, yeah, what need, you know, there's no need to say anything. Mate, what are your, so, what are your memories of that win on that day? I remember the, that day, it was, it was quick. I remember going to the club early in the morning. Yep. Um, my wife dropped me off, and our fans were already there. And you're getting airlifted across to the <laughs> to the front door, and it was just crazy. It was crazy, and it, 
like I remember a lot of things, but it just went so quick. But next minute, I was walking to the front door of the club. Then we were getting on the bus, and there was a big entourage of well, mad supporters, you know, driving through the traffic yep. to the uh, Sydney Football Stadium, like a police escort blocking intersections, like big intersections. It was crazy. <laughs> and so we made a pretty quick trip to the SFS. Then, um, yeah, everything went quick and then the game was on and then next minute it was half time and then <laughs> it was over. It, yeah. it was really quick. And what but about, it, was a, it was a great day. What about the drink after it, mate? All time? Yeah, I'm not a big drinker, boys. So you probably asked from the wrong, wrong man, but <laughs> the boys, they boys give it a rattle. And we had some lunatics in our side, like, um, you know, Steve Rin and Robert Ralph and, and good drinkers, you know, uh, Darren Britt, uh, <laughs> Dean Pay, Jason Errington. <laughs> all, all the forwards, all the forwards are pretty good drinkers. Mate, in, in 98, after finishing seventh, the Bulldogs make another grand final, this time against a remarkable Broncos side, remarkably uh, under the salary cap somehow. That was re- most remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, very true. I think everyone thought that. But the but week, yeah. the, the week before, you, you blokes came from behind in one of the probably the greatest comebacks I can remember on rugby in rugby league uh, to beat the Eels in extra time. Do you think that game took it out of you blokes, the Broncos, the next week? Oh, I Look, in hindsight, I think it did, but what can you do? You know, yeah. we we won, so we were stoked. But I, I don't think it was only that game. I think it, it, the the previous, the whole series. Well, you guys just played a, a month of sudden death football, then didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we were just yeah, it was every week. You know, I think each of the teams that we played took a little bit out of us. Yeah, and. The, the thing that stuffed us in the grand final, we were leading at half time. We, we weren't used to that. We didn't know what to do. <laughs> but yeah, they were just too good. Like you said, they had a remarkable side. Um, yeah. And it was amazing that, yeah, they did fit under the telly cap, but that's the way it goes. Mate, you, you scored 90 tries in 192 games, and they say that tries are much like your kids. You've always got your favourites. Which try stands out to you as your favourite try? Uh, um, there was probably two, two, two that um, I remember well. One at one at um, when I was at the Roosters. Yep. When we played the Tigers at Leichhardt, and yeah, I got a the ball from uh, Wiz Gary Freeman passed it to me, yep. and it was a, like a hammy buster. So it was <laughs> I was amazed that I caught it actually. And then I think I tried to. Um, Johnny Elias, and then I, sidestep, <laughs> I was lucky enough to sidestep Gary Jack, and yeah. David Normally, Bain, Johnny so. Elias would be trying to sidestep you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not a bad bloke, Johnny. He's, just, he's misunderstood, I think. <laughs> but yeah, and yeah, um, yeah, that was a pretty good try. And then the other one was a, a night game against the Broncos at uh, Belmore, and they kicked it, and I got it. I think it was around halfway, and I sidestepped Darren Lockyer, and then there was a couple others, like Peter Ryan, I think, and Brad Thorne were in the middle, but um, they were just, you know, they were big forwards. I think they were a bit tired, and then, yeah, I raced about 40 and scored, so that was probably two of my favourites. 
Well, as we touched but, uh, yeah. on, as yeah, we touched yeah. on, you were and are still a police officer. But what uh, <laughs> not many people might not have known before tonight, you actually became a cop while you were playing footy. How did that go come about? And uh, how did it? How did you manage it during the Super League war with everything going on and contracts and going to the academy? Yeah. I can imagine. So, like I said earlier, Mark Murray was the coach at the Roosters, and I'd always wanted to join the cops. I just I got graded when I was nineteen, so I just because football was like you only have a short off season, and um, I, I always wanted to do it. I just thought maybe I could do it after footy. Yeah. But then I saw so many blokes at the Roosters, and so many footballers that I knew, like they didn't really have anything to go to after footy. Yep. And because I always wanted to be a cop, um, I, I made the inquiry and they said, yeah, we can get you in this class, mate. Um, they actually wanted to put me in the May class and I said, look, I can't because I'm, you know, I'm playing for the rest of um, I can't. <laughs> but they said, well, yeah, we're happy for you to go into the August class. So I said, yeah, I'll, and I think we're out of contention when they asked me or I think it still could have been put back if we went any good. Yep. But because we didn't qualify for the semis, the August class was fine. Um, I actually played, I had to be there on the Sunday earlier in the day and we played that that Sunday and my dad drove me straight after the, (laughs) after the, the game. I think we played at Parramatta Stadium against Parra. So my dad drove me and dropped me off. So I was about six hours later. And I did speak to one of the police officers, the senior police officers, but not the, the boss. And the boss was a bit upset. So the next day, once I settled in and that, I got called in and he kind of gave it to me saying there's no special privileges and all this sort of stuff. Obviously not but a I think, I think it, because it had been sorted by another senior police officer under him, but... He told me it was okay because he knew my predicament. Um, yeah, and, he, and yeah, after I got a bit of a uh, racing by the boss, uh, then I just settled in and was like everyone else. But Mark Murray told me that as long as I stayed fit, he was happy for me to go and do the academy because I, I told him, look, I'd always want to be a cop. I knew football wasn't forever and it was something I wanted to do, you know, post after footy. And he was an ex-school teacher, Muppet, so he understood um, and he allowed me to have that gentleman's agreement uh, about just going to do that and then coming back on the weekends and just making sure, you know, any fitness test or training I'd be able to cope with. And I, I did it pretty well because, like I said earlier, Goldman, there's not much to do, so I, I was pretty fit. <laughs> Did you ever cop any shit from anyone on the field or in the stands for being a copper? Uh, not really. I probably did, but I didn't. One thing when I was playing footy, I really didn't hear much, unless it was a really quiet moment. But it was very rare that you could hear it. You could hear sometimes the other players giving you something, but I don't remember anyone saying anything about me being a copper, so... <laughs> Yeah. Not even John Elias? Uh, no, no, no. I don't think he ever said anything about me. Mate, uh, you're known around the traps amongst uh, ex-players and fans as a, as a good bloke. 
If you're playing the role of a good cop in a show, what form of player would you want to play the role of bad cop? <laughs> uh, um, um, maybe Solomon Omano. <laughs> I don't think he'd have to say much, Sol. No. He would just turn up and, and you know, things would change pretty quick. Can't handle himself too. Yes, can't handle himself. A very quietly spoken gentleman. Yeah. Sol. Hey, Lovely bloke. Have you ever arrested someone or had to deal with someone that's uh, recognised you as a footy player? Oh, there's been, you know, you go, it's, it's, unfortunately, it's mainly males on the drink giving it to you. <laughs> like if you have to go to a house party or, you know, walk through in a pub and that, um, it's, it's normally the males giving it to you. Yeah, and then, then you'll get the, you might, occasionally you'll get the, um, the intoxicated females carrying on a little bit, but yeah, it, it was more the males giving it here. Um, you know, they they wouldn't say, "Oh, geez, that was a good try." They'd say, "Oh, you didn't take that, mate. What, what? Oh, you dropped that bomb." <laughs> I go, "Yeah, mate. Yeah, I know." Mate. They never forget the <laughs> and bad it, ones. And it, it, sometimes it was a little bit frustrating because if you had a shit night or busy night, you'd be a little bit frustrated. So you go, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> it, it, it kind of tests you a little bit, but no, I think most people were, you know, because they're avid rugby league supporters, they're just happy to see you, I suppose, and say something. It'd be an honour to be arrested by Rod Silver. You know, you're not going <laughs> to, I know I'm not going to escape you on foot, put it that way. Mate, I'd still be filthy. <laughs> I'd still be filthy. <laughs> Mate, yeah. Mate yeah. We, uh, we play a game here with uh, all our guests. It's called Nearest the Pin. Basically, you play me. Sid's going to ask us a question. Uh, it's just a number as an answer. Yep. Nearest to the nearest the answer without going over. It's like the price is right, basically. Um, oh, okay. Some of the some of the questions will probably be tailored to you more than me, but whatever. I've done my okay. best, but some of them are a bit obscure. So I'll go. To, okay. I'll go to you first, Rod, and former will write down his answer here. Uh, how many episodes did they make of Blue Healers? <laughs> Who healers? Oh shit! I'd say hundred. You say a hundred formers, a hundred and is that one hundred and eighty-one? Fifty-one. One hundred and fifty-one. You're both miles off. It's five hundred and ten. Jesus! What? <laughs> I can't believe that. That's outrageous. <laughs> Don't all coppers sit around and watch Blue Healers episodes? <laughs> uh, is that no, a myth? No, no. Right. I, I like the the in America where you know. Things really happen. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's more realistic. You got to say exactly. You got to say that Mount Thomas that Blue Hills was in. That must have been a prick of a town because there's a fair, sh- fair bit of shit going on in that joint for a small town. <laughs> oh, hey, the cop, coppers were rubbish cop, there. If you're a cop, you'd be looking to transfer. <laughs> <laughs> we do it a fair bit of hours after not unpaid hours. All right, that one went to you, former by default because uh, both of your answers were rubbish. But uh, yeah. so I'll go to you, former first on this one. I know. I'll go to you, Rod. Um, how far is it from Belmore to ANZ Stadium in kilometres? How far? I reckon 28. Former's put 14. That's low, a, that's, low that's only 10 kilometres. Nah. Yeah. Jesus. Only 10? Yep. 11 if you're avoiding oh. the tolls. <laughs> so far both, out. 13, oh, 13 if you're avoiding. 13 if you're avoiding the red light cameras and speed cameras. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow that's, I can't believe that. Yeah. But, um, wow. All right. So I'm going good at this game. 
both of you are going terribly. But anyway, it's probably the fault of my questions. Question three. Uh, how many players have played an NRL game with the last name Silver? Is that V-E-R as well or just V-A? No, it's just like S-I-L-V-A. Well, I know one. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'll say three. I've got no idea, but I'll say three. I'll say one and lowball you. Yeah, it is one. <laughs> Jeez, I thought it was a trick question. Wow. No, it's only you. There was a Matthew right. Silva that played for Halifax. He kicked the goal, but nobody knows how many games he played. Yeah. And he yeah. also played a test match for Wales, Matthew Silva. So, wow, wow. Long-distance cousin. Yeah, probably. So uh, does that go to you? Yeah, that goes to you. Uh, question four. How much has Nick Kyrgios won in career prize money? Whoa. It's slightly more than your Super League contract. Put it that way. <laughs> um, I'll say 21 mil. 21 million? I would say just 10 say, million. Just say 1 million. <laughs> How much is it? Are you saying 1 million? Well, you were closer. It's 8.55 million. Both of you are over-exaggerating. I, That's disappointing. I said 10. I said 10. Yeah, well, you went over, but I'm going to give that to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, you can't go over. No, that's why I gave you a hint. Just say one. But anyway, uh, all right. question five. How many McDonald's restaurants are there worldwide? Oh, Jesus. And is it true uh, that coppers still get a discount at McDonald's? Uh, in New South Wales, yes. But depending on the owner. What's, uh, what's and, the cut there? Free or? Just a percentage. No, it's, it's normally half price. Yeah, nice. That's yeah, not bad. Um, what about worldwide? The, what about anyone in the back of the paddy wagon? Do they get? A- <laughs> <laughs> when they get to, when they get into custody, they might get a bit of McDonald's. Yeah, nice. <laughs> there you go. You're still a chance, um, former. Geez, I reckon worldwide. Um, wow. I'll say thirty-one. Former's gone thirty-one thousand. Uh, I would say. It seems low. I would say a hundred thousand. Well, it's thirty-seven thousand eight hundred and eighty-five. Is that uh, former? Oh. You've smashed it this week. You were due. I was due. You haven't beaten five anyone. Five nil. In ages. Is it five nil? <laughs> no, four one or three one. Yeah, three three nil. Whatever, mate. Just before you go, the nickname Rocket. Where did that start? So um, it was. It was actually from my mum. No. When um yeah, when I was a young boy um. She liked. <laughs> now this is embarrassing, but uh, um, she liked the actor Rock Hudson. And, uh, she used to sleep. She used to because he's Marvin Gaye, so <laughs> yeah. she, she slicked my hair on the side, me and my brother. And um, yeah, she, she she called me Rock, and the ET just come when. Because I was pretty fast playing footy, yeah. I think, and my brother just yeah, yeah. added that. So it was my mother, and um, yeah, the, my brother once we started playing footy and that. Once again, thank you very much for joining us on Full Crew of the Boys. Don't forget, follow this bloke on Instagram. I don't think he'll accept you, but it's at Rod, <laughs> Rod Silver 03. Or you can find That's him in a, or you can find him in an unmarked Holden Commodore. It's blue, dark blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks once again for joining us on Full Crew of the Boys, Rod. It's been an absolute no worries, honor. boys. All the best. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Do you need electrical work done? 
NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs from the Gold Coast, Tweed Heads, Byron Bay and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au. NDF Electrical. Yes, thanks to the greatest electrical company in all the world, it's time for the greatest podcasting segment in all the world. It's time for this. We all want you to go grab a mirror. We're all hoping that you'll change your way. And no message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. That's right. Thanks to the boys at NDF Electrical. It's time for Grab a Mirrors. Uh, don't forget, you can reply to my original tweet on Tuesdays with the hashtag Grab a Mirror or hashtag GAM. Uh, same goes around 3.30. You get one more go at it. Follow the wonderful social influence account at former underscore legend. You it's- can also send me your Grab a Mirrors on TikTok now. <laughs> Send it in they won't in, get read out. Send it into an interpretive dance. So yeah, all, geez, that'd be good. We can all sit around and bite our bottom lip as we watch it. <laughs> Sid, I'm going to go first. Yeah, you go first this week. Grab a mirror. Coronavirus. Yeah, okay. COVID-19. The pandemic. Yep. The China flu. China. Bad eaters cough. <laughs> the China lung. Uh, eight <laughs> weeks ago, if you had told me that I'd be locked in the house with nothing but two boxes of party pies, a tub of hand cream... Pornhub Premium and just my curtains, I'd ask, where do I sign up? <laughs> but <laughs> it suits you down to the T, doesn't it? Two months down the track, I've clocked Pornhub, I've run out of cream, and I've worn the skin off it, Sid. Yeah. At the beginning of You didn't these... have to show me, I believed you. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, <laughs> proof's in the pudding, as they say. <laughs> and there's some pudding to go around. <laughs> I couldn't find it because of the pudding. <laughs> but go on. It's fair, Sorry. It's a fair veranda. Uh, at the beginning... COVID calories, they don't count. At the beginning of the unprecedented worldwide lockdown, progressive governments like the Dutch government encouraged their citizens to get this, to team up and find a sex buddy for the coming months. Yeah, those freaky deaky Dutch bastards. An actual live real one, Sid. Not a blow it one. Yeah, right. Uh, Their guidance read, discuss how best to do this together. For example, meet with the same person to have physical or sexual contact. For example a cuddle buddy, or a sex buddy, provided you are free of illness. Make sure good arrangements with this person about how many other people you both see. The more people you see, the greater chance of spreading coronavirus. Also, crabs, whatever. Well, being free of illness should be a prerequisite no matter what time it is. <laughs> I haven't got a cough, but geez, I tell you what, I've got a rash. Uh, but it's not just me. I gave you that cream. <laughs> but it's not just me that the lockdown is starting to wear thin on. I mean thin. Uh, even Pornhub are getting bored. This week, they actually launched a site called Scrubhub. I kid you not. Okay. It looks exactly like Pornhub, except every video is just of people washing their hands. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, 100%. It seems no... With their de- cans out or their cock out or well, something? get this. It okay. seems no details have been spared as video titles have been made to resemble those found on the original porn site, uh, such as Hot Girl Goes Wild in Public in Premium Point of View, uh, Dirty 2 MILF Alert, this mum is ready to turn the hot, hot, hot heat on. <laughs> They're also filled under typical porn categories such as babe, BDSM, feet, massage and stepsister. Uh, it comes after 
new new research by Onby has found that almost half of couples isolating together report they are having less sex since lockdown began. That's no good. And it's not just the frequency of uh, playing park the pork sausage that's been a problem. It's also the quality. 41% of women are unhappy, Sid, with their sex life, and three in five believe it needs spicing up. The researchers who surveyed 1,360 18 to 45 year olds, you just missed out, uh, found <laughs> that 81% of men believe they could get better sex elsewhere. <laughs> you didn't have to wait till COVID to fucking ask those questions on tipping. <laughs> um, compared to 78% of women. Despite this, only 21% of men and 17% of women have brought up issues with their partner's bedroom skills. That's way too many stats for me. But fear not, you bored shaggers and Pornhub overclockers. This week, get this. Wow Tech, which looks after the Wii Vibe and the Womanizer, uh, they're both sex toys, Okay, was after someone to join its Master Bay team. Uh, <laughs> while London-based sex toy brand Love Woo also need a reviewer and tester. According to the job descriptions, you'll conduct an analysis of not only the toy's ergonomics and size, but the company's discrete packaging, delivery methods, instruction clarity, and if the toy made little tummy pancakes. <laughs> Basically, Did you sign up? Well, basically, the two, the lucky candidate will make about 200 per shot of man, wow. of man pudding. So far, since the lockdown, these two companies owe Australian tester at former underscore legend around 40,000 bucks each <laughs> and five curtains and a reskin. So grab a mirror. Coronavirus, COVID-19, the pandemic, the China flu, bad eater's cough and the China lung. I've got hands like a bull rider and a schlong like an overboiled split hot dog frankfurt and curtains like surfboards. Uh, don't grab your mirror. <laughs> no amount of Windex is bringing that back. It's all. It's like um, like one of those steamy, steamy pictures you see in one of those romantic uh, movies. That your, I don't really want to talk mum, about your it Your mum anymore. watches with me. Equal 10. At The Real Ian Lacey. Grab a mirror at Jack Stevens' dealer. <laughs> Put him in it, but actually it's not a real tweet. Um, <laughs> you know who Jack Stevens is? Yeah. The Aussie rules player? Yeah. For not giving a hard-working Aussie rules player his fair portion of 2020 nose. Not only did he undercut Jack once, but twice. Hashtag understab. Hashtag allegedly. Hashtag talk other games down. That is all allegedly. We don't know. Equal 10. And they'll never tell us. At Boner. B-O-N-A, 1978. Grab a mirror, James Hooper. Who gives a shit that the NRL ref's rep- representative offers Brazilians at his salon in his day job? What about that story? Better way to live than being a muckraker and a bloke who gets off chops and tries to hump a car bonnet. Hashtag Fox Sports used to be decent. Hashtag oh, is James Hooper the new buzz? We had I, a break before. You know what? We're, we're I, I like, we, we like hoops. Full credit to the boys' very own James Hooper, but it's very hard to say that in times like this. I'm really – he's better than that. He honestly yeah. is better than that, and that really disappoints me, that We were story. sitting outside. That's just, I, a, that's just a, a beat up for a reason. He's towing a line that he's been told to tow, but it's disappointing. I saw that article, and I thought someone's hijacked the Fox uh, avatar and made up a fake Twitter account. Yeah. I had to click on it. No, it's legit. Yeah. It's gutter journalism. I'll be ringing him during the week. At super. Sorry. Hang on. <laughs> Equal 10. Don't get out of whack, man. At super Grover 4. Grab a mirror, China. 
You bad China. E- you, China. China. You bad eating bastards. You're taxing the wrong barley, you dickheads. When my Rolex watch <laughs> dies after two weeks, do I lose my shit? No. Now every man, woman, and child get out there for the next five years and buy five slabs. Sorry, and buy slabs and slabs of Australian beer. Hashtag beer aid. Kind of lost me halfway through that, but anyway, whatever. Started strong. Yeah. It's probably in Rolox. the delivery. Probably in your delivery. Rolox is where he peaked, I've got to say. <laughs> Equal. Ten. At bloke juster. Hashtag grab a mirror. Real estate agents. When I can be the perfect tenant, never complain and polish the overpriced turd you rent me on my own money, then you bitch about quite a lot of leaves on the lawn in autumn and make vague threats of eviction. <laughs> Well, you've just got to pay in sex, obviously, and uh, settle. We've, we've covered off on that. <laughs> it's easy. Equal 10. At Derek Garrick. Grab a mirror isolation. I just watched a lady up the street, no, you didn't, uh, get money from the ATM, put it in her mouth while she put her card in her wallet, go to her car, put on a mask to go into the IGA where she then proceeded to tell two shoppers to keep their distance. There's nothing worse than people driving in their car on their own wearing a mask. I don't get it. I don't get it either. And joggers wearing a mask. Unless they're Ubers. But then, whatever. I don't get it. Equal 10. At biggest faloo. Hashtag grab a mirror, Ben Lee. No, we aren't in all all in this together. You're shacked up in an LA in a swanky house with your actress, wife, and lardy da friends eating fancy food. I'm waking up alone in a bed sit that smells like farts after a Spanish onion and kidney bean burrito. Hashtag from IGA. Hashtag don't light a match. Hashtag willing to swap. Mate, I've got to give you the tip. Do not eat the burritos from IGA. <laughs> Fucking horrible. Nine. Hey, we're on to nine already. That seemed to go quick. At the miss... Uh, from the missing and presumed dead at Andrew RLP. Hashtag grab a mirror. <laughs> Melbourne train station toilets. Why are they always locked when you need them? Where will drunken bums go to expel their bodily fluids? On the street like a dog? No. They have some dignity. Hashtag platforms no longer smell like a pub urinal or look like one. That'll all change soon when we're all out and about and being absolute dickheads again. Eat. At Janice underscore Matthias. Grab a mirror, Cody Walker. Guy lands more attacking kicks in the COVID-19 off-season than Josh McCrone in an entire career. <laughs> Seven. You've got no dramas with it, do you? No. No. That, mate, that is nothing, that video. <laughs> Fair dinkum. Have you Not seen... worth 20 grand? No way. <laughs> I, knew you, I knew I'd get a bite out of you here. Give me 20 grand or I'll sell it to the media. Mate, go and, get, go and sell it to the media. They won't give you five bucks for that fucking video. Wake up to yourself. Give you 20 grand for that. <laughs> you idiot. I wasn't in Ikea fucking smashing myself up. <laughs> what an idiot. And yeah. then then I read the headlines because I, I went, oh, wonderful. See Jeez, that video. I've, I've kicked the hornet's nest here. Three hours later, it comes out on Fox Sports with Channel 7 watermarks all over it, granted. And it says horrific, well, I think it was horrific, yeah. horrific Cody Walker video surfaces. And I thought, oh, shit, this will be tasty. I pushed play waiting for fucking Bruce Lee to enter the building. Mate. Fair dinkum. It was like he was doing some boot scoot and he kicked a bloke in the guts and moved on. That's probably the only video this week that you've watched that everyone had their clothes on. My, oh, fair. He didn't have his shirt on, though. Shirt what is on. it with bikes taking their shirt off? <laughs> you know it's on when that happens. Take Fight without a shirt on, but then take their pants off. Not interested. <laughs> anyway, I think we're up to this. Tough to fight, Seven. dude. 
Uh, hashtag, oh, sorry, hashtag, at efficient, not lazy. He says, hashtag, grab a mirror at AFL. Put a minute. Good. Conspiracy theorists. What are the odds of a negative video p- featuring an at NRL player being released the same day an AFL player is hospitalized with knife-related wounds? AFL friendly media is better at burying things than I from the Latin. Hashtag don't look over here. Hashtag look over there. One of my favourite sayings. Six. <laughs> at real Matt Pope. Apologise in advance, Matt. Hashtag grab a mirror me. Against the advice of at former underscore legend, I couldn't help myself and Google Dockers on my work See, laptop. How many times have we warned you people? I'm now on job seeker. <laughs> We try and do a good thing to the community. Don't say, Google Don't docking. Google this. And you all go away, straight away and Google it. Don't Google Blue Waffle. No, definitely don't Google that, especially at work. Five. Made that mistake. At Dirty Sanchez, 444. Spoke to your sister today, Dirty. Um, no luck with the pudding. <laughs> you did too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you actually wanted to call her Dirty Sanchez, didn't you? <laughs> She's eyes close. <laughs> <laughs> For people who don't understand what the hell we're talking about, we had to make a few phone calls this morning. And we got some a, future merchandise. We got a return call from someone called Blah Blah Sanchez, and he's like, oh, I'm going to ring it back just to call it Dirty. <laughs> hey, Dirty Sanchez. Uh, dirty an Sanchez. Idiot. 444. Grab a mirror at former legend, underscore legend. Your tweets this week have been too factual and on point. I don't come on here, come here for an education, you magnificent Mike Willisy bitch. <laughs> Hashtag TikTok for life. Yeah, TikTok for life. I'm going to bring out a song called that. Loser. Four. At Bobo IEMC squared. Wow. Bobo McElwain. That sounds like something Elon Musk is going to call his second child. Bo McElwain. Grab a mirror me for creating a drinking game for the at full credit to the boys podcast. Rules. Drink when at form underscore legend mispronounces a name or yes. re- refers to himself as a massive social influencer yes. or mentions his acorn or forgets <laughs> how to read. Yeah. I, I passed out after 10 minutes. <laughs> Hashtag thought I could drink. Hashtag drink responsibly. You can always go and get our app as well and play porn star athlete drinking game. That's always fun. Can I have a go now? Yeah, off you go. All right. Grab a mirror, this chick former. Here's the headline from one of our favourite publications, the Daily Mail. Chinese IKEA stores will step up security after footage of a woman pleasuring herself on one of their store's sofas goes viral. Sid, can I say something now or do you want me to wait till the end? Well, say it now. I seen this two weeks ago on Pornhub. You've actually seen her? I swear to God. All right. And not only that. Let me tell the listeners. Not only that. What you've seen. On Pornhub, there is a subsection, if you punch in, and it's Ikea. Wow. This is not a new phenomenon. It's not Swedish people just washing their hands, is it? No, there's no one working an Allen key into the ring hole of your your dinger. Well, let me tell you about this story. Chinese porn star, Fuck That Cock, who also goes by the name Full Five. Why do you reckon she goes by that name, former? Never mind, never mind. She's gotten herself in a bit of strife when she filmed herself wearing nothing but a full credit to the boys porn star <laughs> athlete t-shirt and was caught masturbating on a couch in Ikea yeah. while shoppers walked past watching her. The incident happened in an Ikea store in Wuhan, Westfield. Let's go with that. <laughs> to shocked onlookers, including children that were walking past, 
One man said he could not believe his eyes and was disgusted, saying after 20 minutes watching Full Five go to town on herself, grinding on a decorative cushion, he had to retreat to the safety of the bathroom that in contravention of social distancing laws had 68 other blokes in there at the same time. Now, Full Five, or Lee King Cum, as she always also posts, uh, was furiously pleasuring herself on a display couch a lovely lavender two-seater with footstool with the typical Ikea Swedish brand name, the Feminvag. Yeah. Go and look that up. That is an actual Ikea product. It still takes you about 19 hours to put together. <laughs> anyway, she was still filming... Four, four pieces missing. She was filming the scene for her OnlyFans page. I know you're a subscriber for me. You've already admitted to that. You don't have to. Get on porn. I'm telling you, this is on Pornhub. But she's now found herself in hot water. The authorities in communist China are unhappy. You don't want them to be unhappy with you. And Ikea is also not happy. It is reporting that it took seven Ikea workers five hours to disassemble the couch with ill-feeling Allen keys to clean it so it could be sold to an overseas market with three Ikea workers having a punch-up disagreeing about how to pull the Femin Vag apart and refusing to follow the easy-to-read instructions. Now, representatives for Full Five have released a statement saying, Fuck that cock. Sincerely and humbly apologises for her actions in Wuhan Westfields last month and praises the great and powerful and amazing leader, <laughs> Xi Jinping. She is working with the very fair Chinese police <laughs> and will not be making any further comments or appearing in public ever again. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> so grab a mirror, full five. And uh, grab your iPad, everyone else. Go look her up. Mate, I'm telling you, that is on Pornhub, and that is a subsection that, well, I, I fell down a rabbit hole, which is, funnily enough, the next subsection I fell down. <laughs> Three. At Shane Boulevard, grab a mirror to the militant smartwatch people who bully out-of-shape 40-something men after completing 19,000 steps on a golf course. And still have the goal to remind me every hour to move. Yeah, you've done enough. 19,000. <laughs> Come on, man. That's amazing. It's true, isn't it? I did 32 steps yesterday. It's 260 steps to go this hour. Shut up. <laughs> Fucking did 19,000 this morning, idiots. Do you wear your Fitbit on your active hand? Because you, you do 20,000 steps oh, yeah, before yeah, you get yeah, out of bed. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that actually. Two. Um, I wear it on my scratching hand too. Um, at Eels, TCT. Cumberland throw. Grab a mirror of the NRL Integrity Unit for punishing Cody Walker. Everyone knows fines from kicks don't count. And you totally agree, don't you? Yep. Mate, what a beat up. <laughs> what got number one this week? I'm not kicking that horn's nest again. Not Bruce Lee. One. At Beer Boy, 182. Hashtag grab a mirror of me. During the At Sid Punts Rough Punts theme jingle, I was singing along in the car and hilariously sung listen to this cunt instead of bloke and cracked myself up. Then realised the gag for five years was bloke, not rhyming, was the unexpected switcheroo, and I felt stupid. Yeah, that was the whole joke, beer boy. There's a lot of uh, hidden Easter eggs in this show. A lot of people I wouldn't have, have thought that was one of them, to be honest, but yeah, whatever. I thought that was pretty obvious, beer boy, but anyway... Uh, I love Beer Boy. I know. I've got a few Beer Boy stories. He's everyone's little boy. I've only met him through this show. Remember that time we had uh, a competition? He won it. Yep. Had to find you at a pub. Yep. 
And then we, and ended, up, we ended up having beers and he picked up the stripper. Yes. That was great. And remember the time we did the live show? She blocked you on Instagram too. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> remember the time we did the, the renowned live show? Looking and the good, SK- babe. Kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> I did not right write that. I can't. Anyway, <laughs> the SKPs were playing at the renowned live show and there was Beer Boy with his pants around his ankles you dancing. See- that part I don't remember, but that was a hell of a night. I've got to Mate, be you were having a hell of a night. It's no wonder you don't remember. <laughs> Chris Walker. Hell of a <laughs> great company. <laughs> there's a couple of other Easter eggs. In our news theme, there's Morse code that uh, tells you stuff that in five years nobody's figured out. Mm. There's also a few Easter eggs at the end. But anyway, that's the end of this segment. All right, Sid, it's time for this. If you want to have a rough punt, then listen to this bloke, Sid Punt. That's for you, beer boy. (laughs) (laughs) There's a joke there. You'll get it. (laughs) Um... Listen, while we're stopped in proceedings, uh, uh, Andrew from Rugby League Project, Andrew RLP on Twitter, can't join us tonight. But while while we have a bit of a minute, thank you very much to Bluebet who um, yes uh, continued their support this week of this podcast. Uh, without people like that, we cannot survive. And between them, Mayor Inc., NDF Electrical, and the good people at Road. Yes, thank you all very much. They're the reason we tick over. Plus, all you people who bought membership packs, we appreciate you all. But like I said, Bluebet this week um, uh, went again for the rest of the year. Yeah, they're on board for the rest of the season for all my Sid's rough punts. I'll put a rough punt in the podcast and I'm also betting on the races a lot lately with, with some great success. <laughs> That's had some success. Yeah. Um, so, so I'll be tweeting that out on a Friday, all brought to you by Bluebet. Of course, you can uh, get on Bluebet. Uh, this part of the or Sid's Rough Punt this week is brought to you by Bluebet. Bet Australian. Bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au or download the app today. And I've got a special treat this week. <laughs> Rugby League doesn't kick off till next week. So this week, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel yet again. <laughs> I'm now an expert in the Korean K-League soccer. I've had a lot of success with uh, the Russian... Nicaraguan, you're Nicaraguan, the Belarusian. ice hockey, the Belarusian. Now we're at the Korean K-League. Uh, Pohang <laughs> is at home to FC Seoul. Pohang's playing $2.20. Uh, FC Seoul is paying $3. But I like the draw. It's paying $3.20. So it'll be a draw between Pohang and FC Seoul. Now, I'm a sucker for these Asian clubs that have their sponsor in the name. And so it is. The next game in the Korean K-League is Suwong Samsung Blue Wings. <laughs> That's a great name for a club. Way better than the Red Wings. <laughs> They're at home to the Inch Eon United Football Club. Mm. Inch Eon. Bit of a contradictory term. <laughs> Throwback to the old first story tonight. Anyway, I like the Suwong Samsung Blue Wings at $1.66 to beat the Inches, $4.33. Rank outsiders. <laughs> I'm not going the upset there. But in the third game... I am going an outsider. Bloody will go the upset. Bugger it. I am. This game, you'll love this former. It's Sanju Sangmo versus Guangzhou. 
Sounds like Dr. Seuss wrote that. <laughs> does, does sound like a Dr. Seuss book. Uh, Sangju Sangmo is paying $2.25. You can find it Sangmu. It could be. It I is. don't know. Sangmu. Sangju Sangmu versus Gwangju. <laughs> that does sound like Dr. Seuss. Green eggs and ham, thanks. Sangju Sangmu is paying $2.25. The draw is $3. But I'm going the upset. Gwangju. <laughs> Away to Sangju Sangmu. They're paying $3. So if you put all three legs together for Sid's rough punt, it pays the juicy odds of $15.94 on Bluebet. Go um, and download the app. And where's that at? Where, where are we betting on there? The Korean K-League soccer. The K-League. If you get that, um, if you get that multi up, yes. you'll, you'll fall into a K-hole. <laughs> you may. At those juicy odds, you can afford whatever you want. So that's thanks to Bluebet. Don't forget you can... Uh, uh, bet with Bluebet, Bet Australian, Bet with Bluey. Thank you for your continued support. Bluebet.com.au. They'll be with us for the rest of the year when we're betting on real things like <laughs> rugby league. If you want to have a rough punt, then listen to this bloke said punt. Let's do this. Roll the sack, open the sack, empty the sack. See, that jingle, when I wrote that jingle, that's a play on words about a mail sack being the mailman I came up and with his that. post sack and a male genitalia being a sack. I'm just explaining it for Beer Boy. <laughs> you did come up with that. Um, you didn't sing it, though, because you're a terrible singer. Oh, yeah, what about old mate? Jesus. <laughs> NDF, let me go. That's the best. I love that. We might have to edit that out. That was a <laughs> Take bit that loud. Out. <laughs> You're a terrible singer. But what's in the uh, boys' sack this week, former? Not a lot. Nearly empty. We watched some <laughs> Ikea videos. <laughs> I can't believe you'd actually watch that video. When I texted you and said, what's your grab a mirror because I'm doing Ikea porn, you're like, oh, I've seen that. I thought you meant you've seen that story. Nah. No, you'd actually literally seen, seen that video. I just showed you the subsection that's on Pornhub. No, you did. And it exists, right? Yeah, I'm not a fan of rabbit hole porn, though. <laughs> um, that got weird. So we've been at this podcast Especially today. Especially the ferret came out. We've, <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing this podcast for about 12 hours now today. We've yeah. spent a lot of time because we've been working on some new merch. Should we announce our new merch coming no, soon? not yet. Okay, forget that. What else you got in the boys' sack? Um, don't forget membership packs. You can get them at uh, bigcartel.fullcreditpodcast.com.au. <sighs> it's been about five years. www.fullcreditstotheboys.bigcartel.com. <laughs> Missed it by that much. Uh, uh, next week, we've got a great interview lined up with a book, and someone's going to win that book. If you are a member, I fumbled over my words last week. Pretty sure. What I was trying to say was sure become interview. a member, and you will get the book. Pretty sure the interview's with the author, not with the book itself. Yeah, yeah. See, I've fumbled over <laughs> my words yet again. Uh, become a member, and you have a chance to win the book. Uh, thank you very much to Rod Silver for joining us. Thanks for, to Galpo for organising that. Yes, thank uh, you, good sir. Um, and Rod Silver, what an absolute gentleman. Very much so. If he well, pulls you over, he said, just mention this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it won't get you anywhere, but. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do after my day today, don't mention my name with the police. Oh, what about you getting booked today? <laughs> Sucked in. Oh, what a waste of money. If I can sell probably 35 membership packs today, I should square up for the day. That'll be good. You've got to get an OnlyFans page to pay your bills, bro. <laughs> uh, well, well, let's get out of here, eh? Well, before we go. Uh, cold, cool, and at a bar 
and I'm looking for some action. But like Mick Jagger said, I can't get no satisfaction. The girls are all around, but none of them want to get with me. My threads are fresh and I'm looking deaf. Yo, what's up with the yellow seat? Good night. Good night. Some action, but like Mick Jagger said, I can't get no satisfaction. The girls are all around, but none of them want to get with me. My threads are fresh, and I'm looking deaf. Yo, what's up with LOC? I gotta know what you're doing with me. 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 I gotta know what you're doing with me.